MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. 38 cars have fired and moved out onto the two-mile Michigan International Speedway. There were six cars that did not make the field. Michigan drivers John Cobran and Bob Slowinski, Dr. Gil Roth from Pennsylvania, Bill Scott of Brevard, North Carolina, Bobby Wadwack of Midland, North Carolina, and the last car not to make the field, Marty Robbins out of Nashville, Tennessee, had his Buick up here and just missed it. Missed making the field by just about a tenth of a second. And he really wanted to get in the field. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 38th position will be Ronnie Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia in the STP Racing Pontiac. 37 starter Al Acquasto of Eastern Pennsylvania in the Pentax Cameras Racing Buick. 36 starter will be James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, the Palatine Auto Parts Racing Chevrolet. 35th starter is Dave Simcoe of Clarkston, Michigan in the GNF Prototype Casting Buick. 34 starter Earl Canavan from Wickenburg, Arizona in the J.O.B. Wynadot Vapercure Wines Oldsmobile. Tony Bettenhausen returns to Winston Cup competition this weekend after being away since about 1974, I guess. He'll be starting in 33rd spot in the Provomi Veal Buick. 32nd starter, Joe Boer, the bean farmer from West Lafayette, Indiana, in the Boer Farms Racing Buick. And starting 31st is Charlie Baker of New Oxford, Pennsylvania, in the H.M. Kelly Trucking Buick. Continuing with that starting lineup as we move up through the field, 30th starter is Tommy Gale of Elizabeth, Pennsylvania in the Sonny King Ford and Honda racing car. Starting 29th will be Robin McCall of San Antonio, Texas in the J.D. Stacy Enterprises Incorporated Racing Buick. Then in 28th position, it's Dave Marcus of Skyland, North Carolina in the Throttles Food and Fuel Racing Buick. 27th starter, Dean Combs of North Wilkesboro, North Carolina in the Sports Specs R.L. Monroe Enterprises Racing Buick. 26th starter, H.B. Bailey from Houston, Texas in the Alameda Auto Parts Racing Pontiac. And 25th starter is Jody Ridley of Chatsworth, Georgia in the J.D. Stacy Enterprises Racing Ford. The field just passing by the start-finish line. They have fired them up, and it looks like they're going to take another lap before they put them under green here this afternoon. Jimmy Bean starts 24th from Forest City, North Carolina in the Broadway Motors Racing Buick. 23rd, Mark Martin of North Liberty, Indiana in the Briarwood Hilton Pontiac. 22nd starter, David Pearson in the Carolina Tool and Equipment Racing Company Buick. 21st starter, J.D. McDuffie from Sanford, North Carolina, the Bailey Excavating Pontiac. 20th starter, Ron Bouchard of Fitchburg, Mass in the J.D. Stacy Enterprises Buick. 19th starter is Lake Speed from the Yazoo Moors Buick. 18th on the field, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina starts the Wrangler Ford. And there's a story there with Earnhardt and the knee, the operation he had a couple of weeks ago. We'll talk about that as the afternoon goes by. 17th starter is Neil Bonnet from Bessemer, Alabama, and the Warner Hodgson National Engineering Ford. 16th starter is Joe Rutman of Upland, California, and the Pet Dairies Racing Buick. 15th, Harry Gant in the 711 Skull Bandit car. 14th starter is Benny Parsons in the Wyman and Bruton Buick. What a story there is there this afternoon. We'll keep you posted on that also. 13th starter, Jeff Bodine in the Performance Connection Pontiac. In row number six, Morgan Shepard and Richard Petty in the STP Pontiac and the Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco Racing Buick. As the field works the backstretch, getting ready to start here, looks like this time around. 10th position, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, the Gatorade Die Guard Buick, and Tim Richmond starts ninth in the J.D. Stacy Enterprises Buick. Going eighth will be Kyle Petty in the Uno STP Pontiac. Seventh to Cale Yarbrough in the Valvoline Buick. In sixth, the Winston Cup point leader, the Texas Gene Stratograph Buick of Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas. Starting fifth, as Bob Sherman told you in grandstand commentary, is Buddy Arrington, the Tom Prange Chrysler Plymouth. It's a Chrysler Imperial Buddy from Martinsville, Virginia. Going fourth in the J.D. Stacy Pontiac, Buddy Baker from Charlotte. Third from Chesapeake, Virginia. Fine qualifying run after they lost their good engine early in the day. Ricky Rudd, the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac. 
On the front row, the Mountain Dew Buick of Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee. And on the pole at 162.9 miles per hour, young Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, whose Melling Tool Company Ford is headquartered right here in Jackson, Michigan. They're about ready to get at it as the pace car dives onto pit road and 38 race cars come down out of turn number four. Harold Kinder gives me indication, hold it down for a good clean start. He puts them under green and the champions mark is underway and Bill Elliott gets a good jump on the field as they haul it down into turn one. Half an advantage now. Car length and a half of an advantage over Darrell Waltrip and Ricky Rudd. Rudd to the inside of Waltrip. Then it's Buddy Baker holding off a challenge of Terry Labonte. Kale Yarborough on the move to the low side of Richard Petty. They come off turn number two and go down the back stretch. It's all Bill Elliott right now. Kale Yarborough making a good move back there in traffic as he tries to shake loose, pick up a quick draft to bring him to the front. He's a former winner, the defending champion on this racetrack. Bill Elliott out in front with two car lengths over Waltrip, who has wedged himself into the number two spot. Rudd slips a little wide up in turn four as they come off turn four and head for the start-finish line completion of lap one. It's Bill Elliott out front. Bill Elliott will lead the first lap of the champion 400, and he does it in convincing style, about five car lengths ahead of Waltrip, but they're beginning to tighten up on the leader back in turn one. One car has dropped back. Buddy Arrington now running 17th as Bill Elliott takes Darrell Waltrip, the leader, through one and two. Ricky Rudd lower on the racetrack going third. That a good Good battle, Labonte, Buddy Baker, Kyle Petty, Bobby Allison, and Tim Richmond. They scramble off turn number two, chasing Elliott. He's in front. Baker slips to the inside of Labonte. He'll take over fourth spot. Labonte is fifth. Kyle Petty running in that sixth position. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and twelfth. All jammed up in a pack as Bill Elliott leads them off turn four for the completion of lap two. He's got Waltrip in tow. And we've got a spin down in turn three. Car sliding down low on the apron. Everybody goes up high to miss it. There'll be no contact with the wall. The car slipping into the grass. The spin up in turn three and four looks to be the Benny Parsons automobile, the car number 55, and he is underway and under power. Meanwhile, caution has come out of the speedway as Joe Rutman dives onto pit road. So the Parsons car looks to be his machine. A lot of dust and smoke up there as it's clearing, and the car is coming on down around now. But the first caution of the afternoon comes out in a hurry here at Michigan International Speedway on the second lap from the spin up in turn number two, and it is indeed Benny Parsons' car. We're back at Michigan International Speedway. Just four laps have been completed. The caution came out on lap number two when Benny Parsons spun the car up between turns three and four, getting caught in some traffic up there and came down on the apron of the track, has since been on pit road and has gone back onto the racetrack. And it looks like a take one on the field and they will be a single file restart here at Michigan International Speedway when we go back to green with Bill Elliott in front, Walker second, Ricky Rudd is third, Baker is fourth, fifth is Kyle Petty, sixth right now. The current Winston Cup points leader is Terry Labonte, and they will be a single-file restart in a moment. Ned Jarrett is making his way into the garage to talk with Joe Rutman, who has taken the Pet Dairy's car behind pit wall early this afternoon. Bill Elliott sitting up front, and I don't think that was a fluke, Barney. It surprised a lot of people in the garage area, but just after Darrell Walter went out and ran a lap at 162.859, Elliott was the next car on the watch. It was a little cool in the day. There was a good cloud cover, and that makes for high qualifying speeds. And Elliott tripped the watch at just about half or about five one hundredths of a second quicker than Waltrip to earn the pole position for this race. And there was not a happier fellow in the garage than Harry Melling, fellow that owns that car and whose Melling Tool Company is based here in Jackson. Well, I think Elliott surprised everybody in the garage except himself. He told me yesterday morning when he went out the first time on the racetrack, he ran almost a couple of hundred seconds quicker than anybody else. Let's go to the garage and Ed Jarrett. Joe Rutman had just crawled out of the pit dairy. Buick, Joe, you're out awfully early. What went wrong? 
Well, Ned, we're really not sure. The motor seems to be filled up with oil and just blew out the breathers. And and uh, this is the second time we've had the problem, but uh, it was kind of unexpected. So, uh, you know, Bob didn't feel that, you know, you can't obviously, you know, if it keeps blowing out oil, you couldn't add it fast enough to keep keep in the, you know, for the additional 400 miles. So we decided maybe that we better park her and uh, get her ready for Bristol uh, next week. Were you close to the situation when Benny Parsons spun up there? It happened about the same time you came in. I think I just passed Benny. Okay, the ring flag is waving back to the top. Joe Rutman, who's out early this afternoon here at Michigan International Speedway. Battle for the lead back in turn one. Bill Elliott, Ricky Rudd, and now Darrell Waltrip, who assumes the lead, but here comes Rudd low on the racetrack. He'll work underneath both Elliott and Waltrip, take the lead, but now Darrell, using the 18-degree banking, works to the high side, gets a push from Bill Elliott, and those cars go streaking down the back stretch for the lead. Elliott really got smoked on the restart. Waltrip and Rudd both getting by. Elliott coming back with a vengeance. Rudd had the corner handled, but doesn't have the straightaway speed and falls back to third. Waltrip is your leader with the youngster who sat on the pole, Bill Elliott running second, and Ricky Rudd now sitting in the third spot as that lead trio try to break away. Shaping up to a typical Michigan racers, 14 cars on that lead draft just inches apart as Waltrip leads them across the line. Elliott is right there as they head back into turn number one. Ricky Rudd running a tight third, Buddy Baker going fourth, then Kyle Fenny holding down the fifth spot with Terry Labonte in single file going sixth. Seventh is a battle between Richard Penny to the inside of Bobby Allison. Your leader off turn number two, still Waltrip. But Bill Elliott now closes. He pushes that milling car alongside Waltrip. Elliott makes a good move there as he hangs on to Darrell Waltrip. Meanwhile, back in the pack, Bobby Allison has shaken loose of that battle with Petty and Labonte. Allison now moves up into sixth spot and is quickly reeling in that lead quintet. He drops Labonte back to position sixth right alongside Cale Yarborough. Waltrip will lead this lap and pick up five with the cup points. Behind him, they are three, make it four wide as they come off the fourth corner. Neil Bonnet on the bottom, Morgan Shepard, Terry Labonte in the middle, and Tim Richmond up high as they race back for that eighth spot. Those cars try to scramble their way through. Neil Bonnet is also there. Dale Earnhardt, as we said, Morgan Shepard, Howard Gant, Labonte and Richard Petty. Tim Richmond now breaking away from that gaggle of cars. Your leader's off turn number two. It's Waltrip, Bill Elliott going second. Rudd is third, followed by Buddy Baker and Kyle Petty. Lead sextet running single file. Then you've got Cale Yarborough out there all by himself. The Tim Richmond automobile is now drafting with Kyle Petty, and then it's five cars running over the top of one another for about positions 8 through 13. Field out of the fourth corner, back to the line. They're single file through the sixth spot as they come down to the line, but the battle is indeed back for ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth position as they cross the stripe. This time, Harry Gant gets sandwiched in between Richard Petty and Neil Bonnet as they go three wide again down in turn one. They want ninth spot. Right now it's Neil Bonnet, but here comes Richard Petty. He'll battle ninth spot on the high side. Right behind them, Harry Gant and Labonte. It's Neil Bonnet to the inside of Petty. Now Petty back to the high side. Harry Gant watching, and there's three wide behind them for 12th. They're on the back stretch. Beauty of Michigan International, you can run anywhere on this racetrack. Way down on the bottom, way up by the wall. The leaders are running single file, splitting the racetrack like an arrow right in the middle of turns three and four. It is Waltrip leading with Bill Elliott in the number two spot. Ricky Rudd is third, Buddy Baker fourth. Then comes Kyle Petty off turn four. Seven cars right on the lead draft just inches apart. Then about a second back and seven more riding those to tail as they haul it back into turn number one. Waltrip is there. And those seven cars, Eli Gold, you could walk from hood to hood and never step off them. Without a question, these are showing typical early Michigan activities. When right now Ricky Rudd breaks the trap. So does Richard Petty. Petty will sandwich Buddy Baker inside of himself and Bobby Allison as the those cars battle for fourth spot. Meanwhile, it's Bill Elliott chasing Waltrip on the backstretch. 
Kyle looked like he had a move to make as he came off turn two, but once he got out of the draft, he's backing up, and Kyle Petty lost three positions with that maneuver. The big winner in that one is Bobby Allison. Allison has moved to fourth spot, and now he bird dogs the rear deck of the Piedmont Pontiac of Ricky Rudd riding in that third position as Waltrip leads Elliott off of four. Waltrip, Elliott, and Ricky Rudd, the front three. Right behind them is Waltrip, then Buddy Baker, Cale Yarbrough, and Kyle Petty. That's the lead draft. Second draft back, Richard Petty, then Tim Richmond, Harry Gant, and Neil Bonnet. The third draft back is in turn one. That's the third pack of Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, who makes a move on Earnhardt, and Morgan Shepard, who, who watches, I should say, from a respectful position in third spot in that particular deal. The cars are off turn number two, passing us and down the back stretch. Still Waltrip on top. Make sure we get Cale Yarborough into that lead seven cars because he is the defending champion in this race. Walter broke out of the pack, has drafted down the leaders, and is now running in that lead seven automobiles. He's up high on the racetrack as Buddy Baker comes down low trying to make a little noise. Kyle Petty is going to come with him as the lead seven starts scrambling for the lead. They scoot back across the start-finish line, and Cale Yarborough knows just how critical the draft is here. If you pull out by yourself without a drafting partner, you're in trouble. How about it? Um, you know, uh, even though this racetrack doesn't have that much bank into it, the, the draft creates a... A big problem here because you can get caught in the wrong spot and uh, get out of line, and next thing you know, you might be running seventh, eighth, eighth or tenth. So uh, the draft is very important here, and you've got to be able to make your moves at the right time. And like I say, if you come down to the last lap and there's two or three or four uh, running for that checkered flag, there's no telling who's going to win it. Back in the fourth pack of cars, battling for 15th spot, Jody Ridley, Jeff Bodine, Ron Bouchard, along with the Dave Marcus, Buddy Arrington, and David Pearson automobiles, and there's a problem developing on Pearson's car. There's a piece of ductwork, possibly the front spoiler or some of the grill work that is kicked up and is flying up over the top of the hood. NASCAR officials keeping an eye on it. Meanwhile, in turn one, Mike, it's Bobby Allison with a bid for the lead, but Waltrip without distance him going to the high side of the racetrack. Bobby will stay down low now, and as they come off turn number two, drag racing down the back straightaway, it's Elliott Allison chasing Waltrip. We got a look at that David Pearson incident. It happened right here in front of us at the exit of turn four, drafting at about a five-car pack. Pearson doing one of those classic NASCAR numbers where you shove the spoiler right up under the other guy's rear deck. David got a little close, made contact, and he's wrinkled the front of that automobile. Meanwhile, the big noise up front is being made by Bobby Allison, who is in second spot going for the lead. Allison comes down underneath everybody, trying to draft by the front three cars. He won't make it. He'll have to tuck back in on the tail end of that draft. Michigan International Speedway right now as they shuffle off into turn number one. Cale Yarborough trying to put some daylight on the rest of the field. The battle is for second spot. And a tricky run who's been awfully strong low on the racetrack the last few times by. Makes a bid on Darrell Waltrip for second spot. Now as it worked off the turn and down the back straighter where that battle is being enjoyed by Waltrip who goes back out in front and here comes Bill Elliott. Kale brought along a full-size jug of go-fast here today. He has run away from that lead draft. He's opened up about 10 to 15 car lengths on what had been a tight seven-car draft. Yarborough picked his way from the back of it all the way to the front, and now he's stretching it out over the Piedmont Pontiac of Ricky Rudd, who's side-by-side -side with Darrell Waltrip off four. Front pack about to catch the tail end of the field as they come across the line. Kale Yarborough almost a second ahead of the rest of the field, and Waltrip still hangs on to second spot, and Bobby Allison begins to scramble hard in turn one. Bobby's going to have to try and find a spot. He goes diving low into that 18-degree banking. He'll try and slide up in front of Darrell Waltrip working on the low side auto 
alone, and it's going to work for Adelson as he slides his Gatorade car in front of that Mountain Dew entry for Waltrip. And it's now Adelson leading Waltrip and Ricky Rudd followed by Bill Elliott. Key in the early going seems to be to be able to run low on the racetrack. That's how Yarborough got to the front. That's how Allison has now come to the runner-up spot. Let's see if Bobby Allison can, in fact, run down Cale Yarborough. He's already opened up a couple of car lengths over Waltrip running in the third spot, and the rest of that gang of cars racing for fourth. This is the first time I can remember anyone taking off with the lead like this at Michigan International Speedway. As Cale Yarborough streaks across the stripe, he has now opened up a lead of .36 seconds, and that works out to about 25 car lengths over Bobby Allison. They go around some lap traffic, passing Robin McCall and Al LaQuasto, and working here in turns one and two off turn number two banking. It's a big gaggle of automobiles working around race traffic, chasing Yarborough. Cale is up comfortably now over Allison. My trouble in the back trouble stretch. in the back stretch as cars begin sliding. It is LaQuasto, Bill Elliott, backwards is Richard Petty, spinning a Ricky Rudd. That is a second pack of cars. That was, that was said before, working their way through traffic. They couldn't get through cleanly, and your leader is working turn number four. The accident was triggered as Ricky Rudd was in the low lane trying to lap by a slower car. Contact was made either between Rudd and the slower car or between Rudd and the car right alongside him in the outside lane. And it hit the right rear quarter panel of Ricky's Piedmont Pontiac, turned it sideways and into the wall, and everybody had to scatter. A couple of cars are stopped out there on the back stretch while the rest of the field limps their way around. See if Dave Despain's got a view on it from his position to turn four. One of those machines that appears to be stopped on the racetrack is the Al LaQuasto car. He's facing the wrong direction, just about at the entrance to turn three. The other car down low and out of our view. We saw Richard Petty get fired up and get back onto the racetrack. Petty is just now coming back across the start-finish line, and the pole-sitting automobile of Bill Elliott, badly crunched in the front end, comes on pit road. That's got to be a heartbreaker for them. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, he goes into his pits. His crew, Ernie and Dan, his brothers are there, ready to go to work on it. But, boy, they survey that damage, Barney, and it looks like that it might be terminal for that crew here this afternoon, and they really had their hopes up high here. After sitting on the pole, their first first pole of the 1982 season, now they're beginning to push it back into the garage area. We'll take our wireless mic over there and try to get a word with him. Here comes almost the entire front of the field out of pit road. Cale Yarborough's in, Bobby Allison, Darrell Waltrip, Neil Bonnet, Buddy Baker, and as we said, about 15 of the front runners are on pit road, taking advantage of the second caution of the day. Ricky Rudd was able to move away from the accident scene, and his car does not look to be too badly damaged, although his was the first car sideways, and the Elliott car looks to be the one that is bent up the worst with damage, especially to the right front of that automobile. Everyone else is on pit road, and we'll get a report from Ned Jarrett in the Elliott garage area in just a moment. Wherever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. You can count on Hercules Tires to have your back when times are tough, all while adding money to your pocket. The purchase of four qualifying Hercules Tires through May 31, 2020 could get you up to a $70 Visa prepaid card. Visit HerculesTire.com slash spring rebate to learn more. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Here's trouble on the Terry Labonte car after making his pit stop in the Stratograph Buick. That car pulled away, but has not fired, and it stopped. They're pushing it back to his pit area. Let's go to Ned Jarrett in the garage. We're standing by with Bill Elliott, who's out of the mailing tool for it. Bill, what happened over there that caused that accident? Well, they were trying to run three deep over our Ned. Rudd was trying to get by Darrell, and he couldn't get back in, and he clipped Darrell. And when he did that, he nearly spun Darrell out, and then he spun into a slower car that turned him in front of me. 
and I didn't have anywhere to go. You were just a victim of circumstances. I was just a victim, and there wasn't no sense in that. Well, that's too bad. I know your hopes were so high here today. Because the car was working pretty good, and there just wasn't no need in nothing like that. Well, you can hear the disappointment in Bill Elliott's voice, and uh, justly so. Ned, can they fix that car? I don't think so, Mike. The radiator is bursted on it. As he rolled it into the garage area, there was water coming out of it. Although the crew is there working on it, we'll keep our eye on it, but I think they'll have to change the radiator, and they're surveying the front end damage while another crew is working on the damage on the rear end of the car. They do have a lot of work to do, but there is somewhat of a possibility. Here comes Terry Labonte's car number 44 into the garage area. We'll see if we can get a word with him quickly and just see what the problem is with it. Terry? Terry, what went wrong? I believe it broke a gear. Okay, Terry Labonte thinks that he has a gear, a rear gearing problem, and his crew is jacking that car if they'll be trying to get him back in the race because of the Winston Cup points. Labonte is the point leader, but his lead is a very tenuous one. It's only about 35 points over Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip within striking distance. We're complete through 22 laps, 44 miles here at Michigan, under the caution from Michigan International Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. At Michigan International Speedway, things have happened in a hurry here this afternoon. This is the second caution flag of the day, happening right in the middle of the backstretch. The cleanup crews are over there getting the track back in a green condition, and it has sent a couple of cars to the garage area. Terry Labonte's car is out. You heard Ned talk to him a moment ago. He thinks he has a broken gear. Definitely they'll try to get that car back into competition for a strong finish here this afternoon as he is currently leading the Winston Cup Championship. At Barney Hall, there is some damage on the Piedmont Airlines car of Ricky Rudd. They have uh, repaired it. It looks pretty good. The left front fender of that car was bashed in, but they've knocked it back out now. He joined back out on uh, to the racetrack right now, but it looks like they got him back in pretty good shape. Well, almost everyone came onto pit road, and this is the way they came out of the pits. Cale Yarborough was back on the racetrack first. Bobby Allison came out second. Then it was Neil Bonnet and Harry Gant third and fourth. The fifth spot would be... Darrell Waltrip, sixth, should be the 98 car right now. Morgan Shepard, seventh. Dale Earnhardt, eighth position as they come back onto the racetrack, would belong to Tim Richmond, and ninth would be Buddy Baker. A couple of drivers did not stop or made late stops. Jeff Bodine, one of the champion spark plug rookie challenge candidates, got credited with leading a lap, and Dave Marcus, who has not yet made his pit stop, is at the head of the parade in the Throttles Restaurant Buick, and so he'll be credited with leading a lap, and of course that's worth five Winston Cup points for those fellas fighting for positions in the top 10 for part of the Winston payout at the end of the season. Those are important positions, and those five points, if you can hit that once a race, that can make quite a difference in your year-end standings. Well, it's certainly heads-up driving on their part to stay out there and lead a lap anytime they can and accumulate as many points as they possibly can. We said a moment ago that Richard Petty was also right in the middle of that spin-out over there, and Dave Despain, you reported that his car looked fine when it came by. It didn't have, appear to have any damage at all. Looked like he flat-spotted the tires. He did spin the car trying to avoid that uh, conflagration on the backstretch, flatted the tires, and they changed tires on the car and sent him back out. Richard did not appear to sustain any damage. The man who won this race, uh, won last won a race here at Michigan, is in good shape, and he'll be hoping to battle his way back to the front. Well, we've had two weeks off since the Talladega 500, but today is the first of eight straight weekends of Winston Cup racing, and they're bound to be headed somewhere near you, so now would be the time to make your reservations for the greatest show at auto racing. Next Saturday night, we go under the lights to the high-banked half-mile at Bristol, Tennessee. The track's only half a mile around, but it's banked steeper than Talladega. Morgan Shepard, Dale Earnhardt, Darrell Walter put on a heck of a show there back in May in the Cracker Barrel race and will be certainly 
wasn't Cracker Barrel, but we, that race that was in May, was it was in March. That's why we missed it. It's a Valleydale 500. It was a heck of a show. It was run in the daytime. Next Saturday's night's race will be run under the lights. It'll be the Bush 500. And the ticket office is open today. Debbie and Pam and the girls are there waiting to take your order in Bristol, Tennessee, for your tickets for the Bush 500 this coming Saturday night. Gary Baker's installed some 5,000 brand-new tower seats at Bristol to make race watching all that much more enjoyable. So give them a call right now. They can take your order for seats for the Bush 500 this Saturday night. Coming up in two weeks, and the ticket office again is open today at Darlington, South Carolina for the granddaddy of all stock car races, the Southern 500 on the nation's oldest super speedway, the 1.36-mile Darlington International Raceway. That is Labor Day, September 6th. Whole weekend of racing action at Darlington. You'll want to come in early to see the parade and the sportsman race and and certainly to catch the Southern 500, which has its 33rd annual running Monday, Labor Day, September 6th. And the ticket offices are open today at both Bristol and Darlington. In two weeks, we go to Richmond, Virginia on Paul Sawyer's half-mile racetrack for the Wrangler Sanforset 400. That's Sunday, September 12th. On Sunday, September 19th, it'll be the CRC Chemicals 500 on the Monster Mile at Dover, Delaware. September 26th, we go to the prettiest racetrack in the nation, bar none. That's Martinsville, Virginia, Clay Earl's half mile for the running of the Old Dominion 500. Then October 3rd, Sunday, to the 5-8 mile North Wilkesboro Speedway up in Junior Johnson Country at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina for the Holly Farms 400. Sunday, October 10th, at Charlotte, North Carolina, the National 500 rounds out eight straight weeks of Winston Cup racing. Then October 24th, the Warner Hodgson American 500 at Rockingham, November 7th the Atlanta Journal 500 at Atlanta, Georgia, and November 21st, the Winston Western 500 at Riverside will round out the final races of this year's Winston Cup circuit. So plan now to make your next stop on the Winston Cup tour. The type of racing we've been seeing over the past few weeks has been just tremendous, and you need to get out and see this kind of racing in person to really find out just how exciting it can be. Well, a couple of the other cars that did not pit a moment ago are now on pit road. Dave Marcus is making his regular stop, and Jimmy Means is in. And, Ned, I think that just about covers the field. Everybody has at least been in during this caution now. Well, unless it was Buddy Arrington, he's still at the head of the pack, uh, Barney, and I was over in the garage area and didn't notice whether he came in or not, but he is at the head of the pack right now. No, he is the leader right now. I don't think he's been on pit road. He, apparently the caution's going to go for another lap or so. No, it isn't. Ernie Moore. Yeah, they're fixing the, the green. Tour, they're going to go green, so he's going to stay out there. I guess uh, Buddy has read in the paper those new Chrysler cars get so good a gas mileage now, he's just going to stay out there and <laughs> test them out. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. Getting set for the restart, 26 laps, 52 miles are complete here, and Buddy Arrington will make his pit stop as they take the green, and I wonder about the strategy on that move, Barney. Well, as he comes down right behind the caution car, we'll pick up the battle for the lead. It's going to be a good one. They're going four wide at the start-finish line, and Morgan Shepard comes out ahead of the pack, make that five wide in front of Eli Gold for a second. Five wide here in turn number one as it's going to be the Stacy car low on the racetrack. Tim Richmond inside of Morgan Shepard bidding for the lead. Dale Earnhardt, who is up there in third now, pacing Buddy Baker in fourth. Harry Gant rearing the wheels. He is fifth now. Waltrip is sixth. Yarborough is seventh. But still, Richmond and Shepard for the lead. A couple of guys made daring moves right there, and they got first and second spots for their troubles. Morgan Shepard and Tim Richmond side by side into three. Richmond stands on the gas just a moment longer, opens up a two-car length separation over Morgan. Meanwhile, on the low side, here comes Harry Gant. He started 15th. He had run down the lead draft before the yellow. He looked strong. They're going four wide again as they come out of that fourth corner and down to the line, chasing Tim Richmond, Morgan Shepard, and Buddy Baker of the front three. Earnhardt is fourth. What a scramble back in turn.
turn one. A remarkable show here in Michigan. It's going to be Buddy Baker now who tries to put the nose of his Stacy car in front of that of Tim Richmond. Morgan Shepard watching from a respectful third. Earnhardt is going fourth, but still now Buddy Baker off turn number two tries to use the sling off the banking, but Richmond is there. So is Morgan Shepard, and so is Earnhardt. Well, they go three wide, and the draft works as Morgan Shepard retakes the lead and takes Earnhardt with him. Buddy Baker drop kicked back to the third position. Tim Richmond will ride fourth. Now Cale Yarborough tries the low side, but Earnhardt chops him off. Only super speedway in the country where they run five abreast like it was a short track. Fourteen cars are in that lead pack, and they're three deep again as Neil Bonnet goes underneath Bobby Allison and Tim Richmond. Up front, Morgan Shepard becomes the eighth different driver in only 30 laps to lead this race. Here goes Cale Yarborough. He led earlier. He's now running in second spot to the inside of Dale Earnhardt, chasing down Morgan Shepard. Further back now, everybody scrambles for position, but here goes Yarborough. He's to the rear flank now of Morgan Shepard. At off turn number two, Yarborough wants a bid for the lead. Yarborough picks up right where he left off before the spin on the backstretch. He has retaken the lead. Bobby Allison, looking strong, comes with him. He can't get around Morgan Shepard. He'll have to settle for third spot side-by-side side with Dale Earnhardt as they work the 18-degree banking here in turns three and four. Everybody chasing Cale Yarborough. Whoever's in the lead here at Michigan this afternoon apparently is going to have an advantage because the rest of the field is going to race door-to-door, and that's going to slow him up a bit as Cale tries to pull away. Morgan Shepard now rides along in second spot, and Eli, it looks like they've smartened up a bit and go single file after him so he can't pull away too much. That's true as far as the front cars are concerned, but as soon as they pass us here, Richard Petty flares out, so does David Pearson, Ron Bouchard, and Kyle Petty. But right now, off turn number two, we set it for you, Yarborough, Morgan Shepard, Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet, then comes Tim Richmond and Darrell Waltrip. What a sight. 16 cars, single file, down the backstretch, all chasing Cale Yarborough. Morgan Shepard deployed in the number two position. This time, Allison wants the outside line. He takes it way up by the wall and appears to lose about a car length. It's Richmond making the move on the bottom. He's trying to get up into fourth spot. 16 cars in the lead draft and five more about to catch them here. It's 21 cars in this rush hour as they go past the line. Yarborough in the lead. Terry Labonte's crew has repaired his car, and he is back on the racetrack, losing about 12 laps to the rest of the field, but it is a scramble for the lead right now. Cale Yarborough trying to get out of Dodge. Looks like somebody told him to as he's pulling away from the rest of the pack, but Eli, from third spot on back, it's a dandy. Third spot is Waltrip, feeling the heat from Neil Bonifarney. Then right behind them, Richard Petty, followed two abreast behind them by Earnhardt and Buddy Baker. Then comes the Harry Gant Morgan Shepard, two by two. Tim Richmond is right there joining. So too Morgan Shepard and Ricky Rudd. Everybody chasing Yarborough. Nobody can run the rim like Richard Petty. He was stuck back in about 10th spot. Finally found a way through traffic, and now Richard is on the move in fifth spot. He's reeling in Neil Bonnet. Let's see if he can do any business here as Cale Yarborough leads Bobby Allison off turn four with about 15 car lengths on that pack for third. That pack for third, there's a total of 15 cars involved. It'll be Yarborough and Allison. Waltrip is third, fourth is Bonnet, and fifth is Petty. Sixth is Buddy Baker, seventh to Dale Earnhardt. In eighth is Harry Gant, ninth and Tim Richmond, and tenth, Morgan Shepard. Eleventh now will be the Morgan, or excuse me, the David Pearson car. Twelfth is Ricky Rudd. Thirteenth to Jeff Bodine. Ron Bouchard, fourteenth. Followed by Kyle Petty in fifteenth. Jody Ridley going sixteenth. Then comes the Benny Parsons automobile, then that of Lake Speed, and on back to, to Mark Martin. Meanwhile, the leaders are in turn three. Bonnet had picked up the slack for Bill Elliott's board after the pole sitter was involved in that crunch. Neil Bonnet was running fourth. He has given up that spot to Richard Petty, and Petty now running in fourth position is moving on Darrell Waltrip as they were 
work the high banks here at the north end of the speedway chasing Cale Yarborough. Field beginning to string out a bit here at Michigan International Speedway. 36 of the 200 laps are complete that will make up the champion spark plug 400. Cale Yarborough still out front. Bobby Allison rides along with him and for the moment Allison seems content just to ride nose to tail and put a little daylight there and it's beginning to work. Back to Eli Gold in turn one. Bobby had to chase down Cale Yarborough. Cale was getting a bit too far away for comfort and right now those two cars are working their way about a third of a straightaway ahead of the second or excuse me the third fourth and fifth place cars that battle led by Waltrip. Allison's not content to follow anymore he goes for the lead as they hit turn three Allison on the low side Yarborough goes up to the top you can put a freight train in between and there's a lot of room there very very different racing lines meanwhile it is Waltrip and Petty drafting up by the wall Yarborough stands the gap and keeps Allison behind him. Can't do much door-to-door -door racing for that first and second spot because if you do the rest of the field will run you down Richard Petty trying to get underneath Walter for that third spot as they're back in one. He'll try him here in turn one, and Petty's got it very easily right near the entrance of the turn. Meanwhile, they'll swap it up. Neil Bonnet tries to make a bid on Darrell Walter and goes low. So Neil Bonnet trying to make a move right there, but Walter will hold him off to the high side. Bobby Allison still knows the tail with Yarborough, and Bonnet now tucks back in behind for fifth. Well, the draft counts for a lot here, so Allison had some help as he pulled Kale Yarborough's draft getting to the front, but he reeled him in from a long way back. It's going to be interesting now to see if Allison can get around Kale Yarborough. Meanwhile, Petty has come through an awful lot of traffic to break loose, and now he's in third spot. Let's see if he can go after the leaders running all by himself. We've given you that lead draft back through about 14th spot. 15th is Benny Parsons. He is on the lead lap. Running 16th is Lake Speed. 17th is Mark Martin. Dean Combs is in 18th spot. 19th is Tommy Gale. 20th is Jimmy Means. 21st is Charlie Baker, the truck racer. In the 22nd spot is the number 40 car for Joe Boer. In running in 23rd, that would be the number 54 automobile, and that's Dave Simcoe out of Clarkston, Michigan. 24th is Cecil Gordon's machine. Tony Bettenhausen of Speedway, Indiana, the driver of that car today. 25th is Buddy Arrington. 26th is James Hilton. Ronnie Thomas is 27th, and J.D. McDuffie is 28th. Now, they're all on the lead lap. One lap off the pace after an unscheduled pit stop is Robin McCall. She is running in 29th spot. 30th is H.P. Bailey. And 31st, Terry Labonte is back in the race, but he is 12 laps down. Here comes the battle for the lead. Back to the line. Bobby Allison drafts all the way to the bottom of the racetrack and almost takes it away from Cale by a half a car length. They're back in one. And does it this time as Bobby slips up in front of Cale, but here's Caleb going low. They're side by side. Yarborough downstairs, Allison upstairs, and Cale now has the advantage. And as they sweep and even it out off the banking, exiting turn two, going down, it's Yarborough with Bobby Allison right behind him, but here's Bobby coming right back. Boy, the crews have done some work on those two cars they will run anywhere on the racetrack all the way up by the wall way down low on the safety apron and they're darting and dodging around each other it is allison with the slightest advantage yarborough way up by the wall trying to take it back they are door post to door post as they come off turn four great battle for the lead and barney as you mentioned as they battle side by side that's giving richard petty the opportunity he's been looking for as he moved into third now he's picking up on those two as they go into turn one it's going to be kale yarborough now again in front of bobby allison Richard Petty has broken away just a bit from Darrell Waltrip, who is now feeling heat himself from Neil Bonnet. It's a bid for fourth spot by Bonnet. He hasn't got it on the low side of the racetrack, so he'll tuck back in behind Waltrip. Your leader is Yarborough. Allison is second. They work midway on the backstretch. Yarborough's got a couple of car lengths on Allison at this juncture, and it's about 100 yards back to Richard Petty, but Richard is definitely reeling them in, and you've got an interval of about uh, 8 to 10 car lengths from Petty back to 
Waltrip and from Waltrip back to Bonnet as Bonnet tries to reel him in. This time both the leaders running up close to the wall as they come off of four. Third, fourth, and fifth place cars beginning to feel the effect of a draft on one another. Petty in third, Waltrip fourth, Neil Bonnet fifth. Behind them, there are 11 cars back fighting for that sixth position. Harry Gantz in sixth, Tim Richmond is seventh, and they're three wide for the eighth spot. It's Tim Richmond, Jeff Bodine, and Ricky Rudd battling there for eight, nine, and ten with Buddy Baker watching from the 11th spot. Twelfth is Morgan Shepard, 13 is Kyle Petty. It's going to be Ricky Rudd winning that battle for eighth spot, taking it away from from Earnhardt, who now sets himself in in front of Jeff Bodine, but Earnhardt's on the move. Allison apparently content now to follow Cale Yarborough for a while. He's checked the mirrors. He sees Richard Petty coming and recognizes the fact that the two of them should hook up and try to put some more distance between themselves and Richard as he comes on from third spot. We're at Michigan International Speedway. 45 laps of the 200 that make up the champion spark plug 400 are in the book. It's been a hot one thus far, a little bit of everything, but right now, they're, all the rest of the field is after Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison as they continue to keep just about the same interval. Richard Petty was hauling him down a moment ago, but Eli, right now, it's stabilized. That interval is stabilized, but Yarborough now has put some distance between himself and Bobby Allison. This might be the largest advantage Cale has enjoyed over Bobby in the last number of laps. You call it about 10 or so car lengths, and here at Michigan, that's a lot. As they battle down the backstretch, a couple of observations. One, Buddy Baker, who showed good early speed, has dropped back into the middle of that pack, racing for about 10th position. And Harry Gant looked like he was really going to go somewhere as he came up through traffic and caught the lead draft before the second yellow. Now Harry seems to just be stuck. He can't go anywhere. Well, Ned Jarrett, yesterday afternoon, Tim Brewer told me that if the gear they put in Cale Yarborough's car held together today and they didn't have any problems they'd be long gone from the field and sometimes they take a gamble on a gear like that and it does make a difference doesn't it and Marty to to think they'd have that kind of an advantage it would need to be a low gear and uh, now the gear might serve okay but you wonder about the engine if it stand the RPMs but normally they'll put a little bit of a higher gear in it too because of the amount of drafting that they do here and it is unusual though to see a car pull away as Kale has been able to do on a couple of occasions here today. What they need to do, apparently they're running in what they call a tall gear in the car, which he has to keep the car wound up. He can't get in much traffic and get bound up because the rest of the field will chase him down. Neil Bonnet's about to lose a spot out of turn number four. Harry Gant gets alongside underneath and Gant will pick up the position. That'll be fifth spot. The distance from the second place Bobby Allison back to third, 1.34 seconds, just about a second and a half as they're in turn one. And it's almost that much back from Richard Petty to the next runner, Darrell Waltrip, and further on back, of course, behind Waltrip, now to Harry Gann. So the intervals are quite large here, but again, it's still early. Yarborough's got everybody covered right now. Rookie of the year contender Mark Martin is on pit road for attention to his number 0-2 Apache Stoves machine. Meanwhile, the battle continuing down the backstretch, and you've really got to be impressed with Cale Yarborough as he starts opening it up over Bobby Allison. He's looking like a winner two times in a row here. Well, Dale Earnhardt told us yesterday that he and Bud Moore had discussed a little different strategy for the Wrangler team, that he might kind of pace himself and not run quite so hard and kind of see if he can finish up in the top four or five or even win the race here this afternoon. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, Earnhardt, of course, had an operation on his knee after Pocono Raceway. And yesterday, there was a lot of concern from some of the fans about him starting the race, having had an operation on that knee just a week or so ago. Well, I don't think it's going to bother us, uh, Barney. Uh, the doctor did a real good job on Dr. Serene down in uh, Stageville. And uh, it's been getting along real good. Uh, he told me I could put indirect pressure on it as long as I didn't stand straight up on it and, uh, real hard. I, you know, I'd be OK. 
uh, I, my legs got stronger and stronger, so I don't really think I have a problem with it. I've been practicing in the car and, and doing real good, and I hadn't had any problems. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good race and not, and not having problems out of my legs. Earnhardt looking for his second Winston Cup victory in 1982. 49 laps complete, and another car has gone to the garage area. Mark Martin's taken the Apache stove car behind pit wall. And Kel Yarbrough is really opening up a lead. About five laps ago, it was 1.3 seconds on Bobby Allison. He's now opened it up to two seconds. The gap for first, back to Allison in second place. Richard Petty riding in the third position. In fourth, Darrell Waltrip and Harry Gant is We're now... We've got a spin in turn four. A car spinning up, banging the outside wall and sliding down. It's Robin McCall. It's Robin McCall. The woman racer from Texas is stopped in the middle of turn four. Everybody diving low to get out of the way. The car spun backwards into the wall, and McCall is now stopped in the middle of turn four. Field coming by to take the caution flag from Harold Kinder. An anxious moment for a couple of cars as everybody sweeps to the low side. Tim Richmond quickly dives onto, that's rather Harry Gant diving onto pit road rather than take the caution, and it looks as if everyone will get by without incident. 50 laps completed at Michigan International Speedway. We're under the third caution of the day as Robin McCall spins into the wall up in turn number four. The 18-year-old girl from San Antonio, Texas, making only her second Winston Cup Grand National start. She ran here in June, completed 105 laps before her Stacy Buick broke down. So we're back under caution with Cale Yarborough leading the champion spark plug 400. Under the caution of Michigan International Speedway for the third time this afternoon for Robin McCall spin up into turn number four. They bent some sheet metal at the left rear end of the car, but it looks as if Booby Harrington and the Stacy crew may be able to get Robin back into contention here with 52 laps, 104 miles complete of the champion spark plug 400. Dean Gasman has stepped into our booth. He's a vice president with Stokely Van Camp based out of Indianapolis. Gatorade, their product, sponsors Bobby Allison's race car. Must be quite a thrill to see you folks right in the thick of that battle for the Winston Cup championship. Boy, it sure is, Mike, and he's running out there well today. We're very happy so far, the way things look. They look for a minute there like Cale Yarbrough was gonna run away from the field, but Bobby Allison wasted no time in running Cale down. Well, this yellow's gonna help us too, Mike. Well, this is certainly Gatorade season, Dean, the hot months of the summertime. That's when folks are, whether they're mowing their back lawn or out working on a race car or whatever, it's when they're reaching for Gatorade, and I would imagine the sales figures reflect that this time of year. You bet, Mike, and uh, and even though today isn't quite as, as uh, warm as it usually is uh, for this time of the year, there's still a lot of Gatorade being consumed, and, and we're mighty happy the way uh, things are going, and Bobby's doing a great job with the exposure that he's giving us for Gatorade. Well, even though here in the grandstand it's kind of cool, you can bet those pit crews are reaching for the Gatorade because that is long, hot, and hard work. That's one thing about Bobby Allison that we've noticed over the years is that he is a tremendous commercial spokesman, and the dinner that we had in Indianapolis last Saturday night in conjunction with that Kroger NASCAR 200, he made a quite a speech uh, that was very impressive and really touched the people there, even the people that have been around racing for a long time. And I'm, I'm sure he's quite an asset to your team and to your marketing program. Well, he is, Mike. He said a lot of good things about Gatorade and Stokely Van Camp, and we really appreciate uh, uh, his relationship and that of Diegard, and it's a, it's a good arrangement for all of us. Well, the way he's running out there today, he might just have some Gatorade in that tank along with the Union 76 gasoline. Dean Gasman, thanks for stopping by. Mike, thank you very much. Still under caution here at Michigan International Speedway with 53 laps down, and just about everyone has been in and out of the pits right now. For an update, let's go down to Ned Jarrett. Yes, they have, Barney. Uh, many of them changed all four tires, including uh, Richard Petty and David Pearson. 
uh, Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard. But we noticed that Darrell Waltrip, uh, Junior Johnson, only changed the right side tires on uh, that car. So we'll see how that might work for him as uh, when the green flag comes back out here. However, the the left side tires don't take the beating that the right side tires do. But uh, sometimes the, the cooler tires will help them to run a little bit faster. But that might be just a bit of strategy or something that Junior Johnson and them have learned here that since they haven't run them that long that they wanted to go ahead and leave them on there. Dave Marcus was hoping for a good day today. He's got Throttles Restaurant in Tecumseh, Michigan on the side of his car along with Utica, Michigan's Transmissions Unlimited and the Hudson Chevrolet sponsorship. But they've just made a lengthy pit stop under the hood and sent him back out. Not sure if he lost it. He did lose a lap apparently somewhere in that exchange. That scoring is showing him one lap down. Let's take you back through the field as we're going to have another lap of two of caution here. Bobby Allison's Gatorade Digard Buick is at the head of the field behind the safety car. Cale Yarborough rides in the second spot after the round of pit stops. Darrell Waltrip is third. Fourth is Neil Bonnet and fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Seventh is Jody Ridley. Eighth is Richard Petty and ninth is Jeff Bodine. In tenth, Morgan Shepard. Eleventh is Tim Richmond. Twelfth to David Pearson. Thirteenth is Buddy Baker. Fourteenth is Harry Gant. Fifteenth is Benny Parsons. 16th is Kyle Petty, 17th is Dean Combs, 18th is Tony Bettenhausen, in the 19th spot is Ron Bouchard, and back to the 20th spot would be the Tommy Gale automobile. We are showing 25 cars on the lead lap. In addition to those, they include the cars of Buddy Arrington, truck racer Charlie Baker, J.D. McDuffie, and Jimmy Means. Well, it's phenomenal that after well over 100 miles into the race that there are 25 of the starting 38 cars still riding on the lead lap. And it's been a good one up front. Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison apparently thus far have been the two strongest cars in the field. But so many of the drivers will come here and really won't show all their stuff until down toward that last 50 or 60 miles of racing. And we've had surprises pulled on us a lot of times at this racetrack. Allison might be one candidate for the peak cool move award of the day already. The Winston Cup point battle being as close as it is, he really needed to lead at least one lap here to get those five Winston Cup points. And ducking quickly onto pit road and getting out has put him at the head of the field. He wasn't able to get by Cale Yarbrough under the green in that last round of racing. But here under the caution, quick pit work by the Gatorade crew got Allison out first. And he becomes, and this is an incredible statistic in itself, he's the ninth different leader of this race in only 54 laps. And so we could be headed for some kind of record here because there's another four or five cars that are capable of leading this race out there. Well, as we've said before, Michigan is probably one of the most competitive racetracks in the country, probably next to Talladega. I would say it ranks right up there as one of the absolute best for competition with that draft working here almost as good as it does at the world's fastest racetrack. 13 lead changes among nine drivers in the 54 laps of this place uh, this race as David Simcoe and Tony Bettenhausen come on to pit road Ernie Moore down at trackside gives the one to go signal and the field will tighten up and double up and we'll be set to go back to racing 55 laps 110 of the 400 miles have been completed here at MIS and the field forms up down by Eli Gold at turn one it'll be a double file restart with the quick cars of course the lead cars to the outside lane it's Bobby Allison at the point Cale Yarborough right behind him in second. Darrell Waltrip will take the restart in third. Neil Bonnet is fourth. Dale Earnhardt goes fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Jody Ridley is there in seventh, sporting the tire colors of Marty Robbins, that unique color of his, with Marty, of course, not in the race. Behind Jody Ridley, you'll have Richard Petty, then Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard, Tim Richmond, David Pearson, Buddy Baker, along with Harry Gant, 
Benny Parsons, Kyle Petty, and of course on back with Dean Combs and the rest of the field. That this color of uh, Marty Robbins' car is, I guess it would be most charitably termed chartreuse. <laughs> I wasn't going to touch Barney it. opted for gangrene, and I'd call it guck green, but it is definitely unique. You'll never see that color anywhere on anything else. Well, you can sure pick that car out on a racetrack when Marty <laughs> Robbins is out there running. We're about set to go back to green as the pace car is on pit road. Let's go up to Dave Despain. Well, the quick cars are in the top lane up by that uh, concrete wall where the fast line is here at Michigan. And the big question now, what will Cale Yarborough be able to do with Bobby Allison confronting him from behind rather than from in front? We'll know in a moment as they come for green. Well, about 25 cars look like they're going to make a dash for the lead as they put them under green. Allison gets the jump on everyone by about a car length. Cale dives down to the inside. They're back in one. And Waltram is pushing Allison to the high side, but here's Yarborough. He'll dive low, but Bobby Allison, who got up through the gearbox quickly, has the lead right now. Call it a half car length. Yarborough still challenging low on the racetrack. Waltram is third. Neil Bonnet shuffles into fourth spot now with Dale Earnhardt going fifth and Ricky Rudd sixth. They're on the back stretch. They're running three and four abreast for positions in the back of the pack. Meanwhile, the lead quartet have broken away, and Allison indeed managed to hang on to the lead. He's got Yarborough in that number two spot. Waltrip is third. Bonnet wants third spot as he comes alongside Waltrip and takes that position in turn four. The leaders are side by side. Neil Bonnet scoots up to the third spot, but the pack crowd right now is watching that hot one for the lead. Kale down to the inside. Bobby to the outside. About a foot separating him across the start-finish line. Yarbrough would have led that lap. They're still door-to-door -door in turn one. Both have been so strong down low and up high. It's virtually a dead heat. Now it's Yarbrough steps on the button. The Valvoline car says see ya and grabs the lead now by a car length coming off turn number two. Bobby Allison settles for the second spot now as Neil Bonnet feels the challenge from behind of Waltrip. Bonnet's right where he wants to be now. He's up there with the leaders and can draft with them. That car will draft very, very effectively when he's out there with fast cars, and he's certainly with a couple of quick ones right now as Yarborough and Allison run side by side. Waltrip slips way up by the wall, and Bonnet is the contender in third spot. Darrell tried the high line, and it didn't help him as Dale Earnhardt got right underneath, and Earnhardt may grab that fourth spot at the line. They are door-to-door. -door. It is Allison by about two inches over Cale Yarborough as they go back to turn one. Now Neil Bonnet is right there. He'll tuck in behind Bobby Allison, see whether that push will help, but Yarborough, who we just saw was strong downstairs, now holds onto the lead, working high, but he opens the door for Allison. Bobby's stretching it now, low on the racetrack. He'll try and pull alongside Yarborough, can't do it on the backstretch. Ricky Rudd has broken around the wall to check that the Earnhardt car. Of course, Rudd had problems earlier involved in that spin and has been in and out of the pits. Meanwhile, the battle for First is a three-way war with Yarborough going way up to the wall, Allison going with him, and Bonnet is right down, nailed to the bottom of the racetrack. About 17 cars are in that lead pack as they work their way back to the line. Here's Allison again going after Kale as they hit the line. He's got it by just about a half a car length, tucking back in single file in turn one as Darrell Walter is trying to catch up to the leaders. They're back in one. And now the draftability of Neil Bonnet's car. We'll see if he can hang tough. Yarborough peels off. He wants the lead again. This time going low. Takes it away from Bobby Allison seemingly effortlessly. Trouble on the Morgan Shepard cars. He came by the start finish line. It sounded like he blew a tire and he will limp around to pit road as the battle for the lead heads for turn three. And it's Allison who is the leader as they hit turn three. Yarborough is second. Bonnet will try the low side. 
The fourth place car in that pack is Ricky Rudd. He's at least a lap down. The battle for fourth and fifth position is side by side with the Wrangler car of Dale Earnhardt. And now Petty comes inside. Petty's making moves out there. Last rundown we had from scoring, they're still indicating that Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines car is still on that lead lap. So they've done some good pit work. We'll check it out again, but they are showing him on the lead lap. Some daring moves are being made in the corners here at Michigan. And Darrell Waltrip told me yesterday the drivers will really hang it out at this racetrack. Track uh, sort of breeds confidence. A lot of room in the turns, uh, a lot of different looking grooves as you go into a turn and you say, gee, I think I'll dive under this guy. All this racetrack down here below me, or if he's running low, you say, gee, I'm gonna go around him on the outside. You have a lot of options here, and when you have a lot of options, uh, then at times you can get in obviously more trouble because there's more places to go. So uh, unlike some racetracks where the groove is very distinctive and you know exactly where you gotta run all day, here it's a little different. You can run high, you can run low, you can run in the middle, you can go on the outside of people, you can go on the inside of people, and you can go three or four abreast down the straightaway. So it's, a, it's that kind of track, and guys find themselves in bad situations occasionally. 61 laps complete. Bobby Allison ahead of the field. Cale Yarborough's right with him. Richard Petty had a look underneath for the second spot. Ricky Rudd is on the lead lap, and he's running in the fourth spot. In fifth is Neil Bonnet, locked in a dead heat with Dale Earnhardt in sixth. Seventh is Waltrip. Eighth is Richmond. Ninth is Bodine. And in the tenth spot looks to be Jody Ridley. Well, Richard Petty still wants the lead in the STP Pontiac as he goes off turn number two. He took a shot at Cale Yarborough and got alongside. And as they come off the corner, he'll drop back to third position, single file as they head up to turn three. As they peel him off into that 18-degree banking, Petty has been making lots of moves on those two leaders. Yarborough sandwiches underneath and retakes the lead from Bobby Allison. These guys have got a great battle going out there. Petty, for the moment, content to sit three car lengths back and watch the show up front. Well, if they run door-to-door -door very much, the entire field will catch them as they come across the line. Allison leads this lap by half a car length. Here's Petty again, drafting to the inside. And Richard's a four-time winner here. He will go low on the racetrack, try and put the nose out in front. Between turns one and two, he'll stay low, while Allison and Yarborough go high, and the highway is going to work this time as Allison and Yarborough stay ahead of Richard Petty, but Petty is strong, making a bid now in third spot. Petty really likes that inside move in turn one, but it hasn't paid off. He's made it three or four times, and a couple of occasions he's been able to get the nose out front about the middle of turn two, but then the high line works best as the leaders come back around. This time it's Allison up by the wall, Yarborough down on the bottom. Yarborough is in front by about a car length. He'll slide up in front of Allison and hold on to the lead as they come off of four. There are four cars in that lead pack that have not yet led this race as Allison takes the lead from the inside. Petty hasn't led it. Neither is Ricky Rudd, Neil Bonnet, or Dale Earnhardt. Any one of those could draft their way up into the lead. They're in turn one. Yarborough wants it right back from Bobby Allison. Kale goes low. Bobby goes all the way out to the wall. Richard Petty will follow Allison's line. And it's Yarborough working low, trying to hang on. But here's Allison using the slingshot off the banking. He hangs onto the lead on the back stretch. Pretty interesting to try to anticipate how the last lap will shape up here, given all the different lines they can run on the racetrack. It is literally five lanes wide up there in the turns and they can run anywhere. Right now you've got Allison way up against the concrete with Petty on his rear deck while Yarborough opts for the low line, and you could put three cars in between them. They still sandwich it up for the lead as they cross the line. Allison in front, here's Petty again, knocking on Kale's door for that second spot, and they go door to door back into turn number one, and Petty again will just not give it up. Nothing there for Richard as he works the low side. He'll have to tuck in again behind Kale Yarborough. 
bit by bit now. Ricky Rudd in fourth spot, closing just a mite to within shouting distance. Off turn number two. Nobody makes a move this time. The front three, Allison, Yarborough, Richard Petty. The two Ford products are hooked up back there in fifth and sixth, and they are drafting together. In fifth spot is Neil Bonnet. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt, and they're trying to run down Ricky Rudd and make that a three-car draft that might enable them to go after the leaders. The leaders, meanwhile, Allison, Yarborough, and Petty in tight formation off turn four. Barney, let's update the fans on Morgan Shepard. We mentioned uh, earlier that he had uh, made a pit stop. In fact, he's coming back down pit road right now. He's made two unscheduled pit stops. He was already two laps down. Now he's coming back into the pits. He had a left rear tire go flat a little bit earlier, but there's something else wrong now. Buddy Parrott and the crew out there ready to go to work on the Levi Garrett car as soon as they find out what's wrong. It's still a left side problem. One of the crew members going up under that car, but Morgan Shepard is getting himself out of it here today. Tough break because he had hoped to finish strong, even win this thing. And yesterday in that final practice session, they had picked up a little bit of speed that he didn't know they had and felt like he was in good shape today. But as Ned said, he's almost three laps behind as the leaders are heading out of turn number four. Cale Yarbrough still in front. Bobby Allison and he have been riding door to door trying to swap that lead back and forth three and four times each lap. As they come down to the line, it's Allison again this time, chopping Cale off. And if that had been a shootout at the finish, it would have been a great move by Allison. Petty still rides in third. Their nose to tail back in turn one. And Ricky Rudd has broken away a bit from Neil Bonnet and Dale Earnhardt's cars. So now Rudd trying to chase down the front three automobiles. It'll be a tall task right here. Everybody for the moment, single file. Off turn number two, Bobby Allison, Cale Yarborough, Richard Petty, then back to Ricky Rudd, followed by Bonnet and Earnhardt. Waltrip is the seventh place man. He's a good distance behind Earnhardt. And the battle for eighth spot has been going on lap after lap as Harry Gant drafts with Tim Richmond. Richmond and Gant swapping that position back and forth, but not able to reel in the leaders. The leader is Allison as they come off turn four. Out of turn four and back to start finish. Cale takes a quick peek inside, and then they hold single file. Those three cars trying to sprint away from the field. Ricky Rudd rides fourth. In fifth is Neil Bonnet in sixth. Dale Earnhardt in the Fords. Seventh is Waltrip. Eighth is Harry Gant. Tim Richmond's got a tight draft. Tenth is Jeff Bodine. Eleventh is Buddy Baker. In the twelfth spot is Ron Bouchard. And thirteenth is David Pearson. Back in the fourteenth spot would be the Jody Ridley automobile as that long pack of cars racing from about seventh on back gets down into turns number one and two and into the back straightaway. Seventy-one laps completed here at MIS. One hundred forty-two out of the four hundred miles that'll make up the champion spark plug four hundred. Michigan International Speedway, that lead swaps back and forth as we look out of turn four and they come charging down to the line. It's Allison in front. That hot battle still going on for second. Richard Petty trying to take it away from Cale Yarborough. He tucks in single file as they head back to the line. And now Ricky Rudd has caught the front runners. There's four cars right up there in the lead draft in turn one. Ricky had broken away from Neil Bonnet, as we mentioned earlier. He has now caught the lead draft and they stabilize. Well, I'm also watching a great deal. David Pearson battling with Jody Ridley and Buddy Baker. They're further back by battling for position, and they are just putting on a whale of a show, and they work their way through turns one and two now. They're amongst a host of other cars. Benny Parsons is there. Now Baker being shuffled back in that battle as Terry Labonte passes him, though Labonte, of course, a number of laps down, 12 at last report. And that battle for position works on the backstretch. 
Morgan Shepard has gone to the garage area. Ned Jarrett will be on his way down there, see if he can get a word with him and see what has forced the Levi Garrett Buick from competition here today. Single file, the front four across the stripe. Allison, Yarborough, Petty, and Ricky Rudd, four cars all tied together as they go to turn one. They'll go rim riding this time. They go around to the high side of the racetrack, then dive down a groove, and then float right back up near the concrete retaining wall, here passing in turns one and two. Now Allison and Yarborough pulling away by three car lengths from Richard Petty and Ricky Rudd. It's two sets of two down the back stretch. Got to be uh, impressed with the way Ricky Rudd has run down that lead trio. Remember, he was involved in that earlier spin on the back stretch, bent the car up. They've straightened it out enough to put him back in contention. Dale Earnhardt's car is slowing Dave Despain. Coming off turn number two, Earnhardt slows on the backstretch. And at the same time, David Pearson makes that hard left into the garage area and takes his car back out of the race. So apparently it's going to be another short day here at Michigan International Speedway for David Pearson after being such a successful driver here over the years. Let's go to the garage in Ned Jarrett. We're standing by Morgan Shepard's car. They're working underneath it. Morgan, what's wrong? We have smoke from Yarborough. There's something wrong with the rear end of the car. When I'm ice on the car, it's still Here's the back end of the car. Cale Yarborough's car smoking here in turn number two. He is still on the pace, but Yarborough showing smoke now in the turn. Tough break for Cale. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett down the garage. Buddy Parrott up there now talking to Morgan. He's perhaps telling what the problem is. We'll try to get over to David Pearson in just a moment as soon as we find out what this problem is. Have you got further word on what the problem is, Buddy? Yeah, we lost uh, the bushing in the trailing arm. Uh, broke uh, evidently when that tire blew or whatever it shook it vibrated it loose so we're out of the race but we're looking forward to getting back to Bristol Tennessee and Morgan runs good there and hope we can win a race for this Levi Garrett team. Okay Morgan of course will be running in the Pet Dairy 150 Sportsman race on Friday night at Bristol. A lot of smoke still out of Cale Yarborough's car, but he's still riding along in the lead draft and up to racing speed. Now, whether that's going to be something to bring him onto pit road and put him out, we'll find out, but he's running just as strong as he was. On pit road, Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler Ford, the left front sheet metal is shredded as if he had lost a tire there, and the car had trouble stopping as if perhaps the brake line might have been cut as well. Bud Moore and the crew are attending to that, and hopefully when Ned makes his way over to that position, check out if the damage is enough to keep him out of the race. Bill Elliott is back in the race. No front-end sheet metal to speak of on his Melling Tool Thunderbird. He's made two laps, and now he is back on pit road as well. Well, everything happens at one time. David Pearson went behind the wall. Cale Yarborough still trailing smoke and has fallen back now to fourth position, but he's still right there on that lead draft, and he is definitely off the pace, but he's still able to hang on. We thought he was coming out of the pit road that time. He elected to stay out there. Earnhardt's car still being attended to. The Wrangler machine of Bud Moore on pit road. They're trying to get him back into the race as we watch Cale Yarborough head up to Dave Despain. Leaders are working the backstretch into three, chasing Bobby Allison. Now, Allison looked like he was going to open up a little separation over Richard Petty and Ricky Rudd, but uh, with Yarborough tacked onto the tail end, they were a little bit nervous, I think, about Cale's situation. Now, Cale is behind him, but the smoke is definitely increasing. They have black flag Cale Yarborough's car. Barry Dodson of the MC Anderson crew just went running off for the garage area for parts, so apparently they're aware of and have a good idea of what the problem is. As the lead trio heads off down into turn number one, pack coming along, Tim Richmond, Harry Gant, Jeff Bodine, all running in top ten parts. That battle has stabilized. Now, Darrell Waltrip has lost position to each of those cars. He is now drafting along with Ron Bouchard, and that should be back about the twelfth position as we've completed 80 laps, 160 miles. Here in the Champion Spark Plug 400, Bobby Allison tries to hold them off. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Dale Earnhardt is out of the Wrangler Jeans Ford. They're pushing it into the garage area. Dale, what went wrong there? Well, we had a tire to go down, Ned, and uh, 
I had to drive it all the way from around the racetrack. I missed the, well, the tire went down right at the pit road. And we come by all the way around the racetrack and it tore the tire up and started slinging apart. And it tore the gas lines and all off the carburetor outside the motor and everything and the brake lines and everything. I didn't have brakes come in. They just uh, tore everything up pretty bad. They're going to push it in the garage here and see if they can fix it, but I, I it jerked the gas lines loose and out of everything and some of the oil lines, so I don't know whether they'll be able to fix it or not. Well, I'm sure everybody's wondering about the knee. How's it doing? Doing real good. It hasn't bothered me all day. Uh, we're sitting there in sixth place right along. I uh, felt pretty comfortable. The car was a little loose, but uh, it looked like everybody was loose, so we wasn't really pressuring things. We just wanted to ride out to the end and then and, and be around the race at the end. Well, Barney Hall, this is a very unusual occurrence that all of that would happen underneath of there just because of a flat tire. Well, almost the attrition rate has taken out three cars in the last few minutes. Here's Cale Yarborough on pit road and the crew, MC Anderson crew, the Valvoline team, standing by to see what the problem is. The hood is going up on the car, and apparently they're going to put Cale right back in there as soon as they correct that. At Michigan International Speedway, raindrops, not real heavy, just a few falling around the track at different locations have put the race under caution on the 85th lap. Let's go to the pit road and Ned Jarrett. Well, the Valvoline crew of Cale Yarborough wishes that rain had come just a few laps earlier, Barney. He's still out on the racetrack right now. He has been in during a green flag. They have a problem with the... Uh, Harold Elliott, who builds the engines, what is the problem? I think we've got a cracked oil pan, Dad. We're going to try to put some slastics on it and hope it'll seal it up. Okay, that's the voice of Harold Elliott, who builds the engines on that car. They were, of course, uh, displaying a lot of smoke, and that was a result of the oil leak. They think it is from the oil pan. Boy, the thing was flat honking for Yarborough. He and Bobby Allison have had, at least from what we've seen thus far in the race, the two superior cars. But as we said, you can't ever tell who's holding back toward the end of the race. But right now, they have dominated it this afternoon. Kale might have been pulling uh, so low a gear that it just blew that oil pan right out, although I doubt that. 85 laps complete here at Michigan International Speedway, and a few raindrops coming down have brought the caution out onto the speedway as the NASCAR officials will take no chances with the safety of these drivers, and the pace cars pick them up, and we look for a rash of pit stops. Bill Elliott's car is back on pit road, and they're taking this advantage of this caution to do a little work on it and get him back into competition here this afternoon Barney, to I, as I, high as he can. Let's go back to Ned. I doubt if we'll see too many of them making pit stops right now, especially those that are in contention to any degree because they don't know how the weather has been overcast here all day, as a matter of fact. But they're going to wait it out here until those raindrops start falling. They have slowed down a little bit here right now, but they'll stay out there preserving the positions that they have. And then when the raindrops start falling, that's when they'll come back in. They are single file behind the pace car here at Michigan International Speedway. Buddy Baker is on pit road, the Stacy Pack car, and here is Kale back in, Ned, and this might be a break for them in one sense. At least they can get to work on that problem. Well, yes, it will be, uh, Barney. They can repair it now under uh, conditions that they won't lose nearly as much time as they would have having to do it under the green, but I'm sure that they lost at least one lap when they had to make that green stop when they were black flagged a little bit earlier because of all of that smoke. They're changing rubber on Buddy Baker's car. The outside right side tires are being changed on that, and it looks like they're going to make a four-tire change as they go to the inside to change all four on Baker's car. Well, that would be a good move, Barney. If they got back to green, it would put Baker at the head of the field with a full tank of gas and fresh rubber. Let's take a look at the way they're running with 86 laps completed and just a light rain falling around different parts of the track. After we give you this rundown, we'll go around and check with our turn reporters for the rain in their area of it. It is Bobby Allison, the Dieguard Gatorade Buick, at the head of the field with 86 laps completed as Cale Yarborough comes on and off pit road. Richard Petty, the STP Pontiac, riding second. The Piedmont Airlines Pontiac for Ricky Rudd is third. 
In fourth is the Hodgdon Wood Brothers Thunderbird. That's Neil Bonnet. In the fifth spot, the J.D. Stacy Buick for Tim Richmond. In sixth is the 7-Eleven Skull Banded Buick for Harry Gant. Seventh, the Performance Connection Pontiac of Jeff Bodine. He's the leading rookie in this event, and he will take home the $500 from champion spark plugs as the leading rookie in the race, with Mark Martin already out of contention. In the eighth spot, fellow New Englander to Bodine, that's Ron Bouchard and the J.D. Stacy Race Hill Farm Buick. In ninth is Darrell Waltrip, the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew Buick. In tenth, the Tom Prange Chrysler Imperial for Buddy Arrington. In the eleventh spot is the Uno STP Buick of Kyle Petty. That's a Pontiac, rather, for Kyle. And in the twelfth spot, just coming off of Pit Road, the Wayman and Bruton Chewing Tobacco Buick. Fatui, Benny Parsons, in his new ride from the U.S. Tobacco People. And in the twelfth, rather, thirteenth spot, would be the Buddy Baker automobile, the J.D. Stacy Pontiac that has just come off Pitt Road. And we're checking on Cale Yarbrough to see how many laps, if indeed he has lost any laps on Pitt Road. As Bill Elliott goes back to the garage area and Dave Marcus has the hood up, likewise Tony Bettenhausen, David Simcoe, and James Hilton and Ron Bouchard all taking advantage of this caution to stop. And Barney, the word from Bill Gasway is we're going back to racing shortly. Well, the rain is just very light, just a few drops, but they were taking no chances on the corners getting wet because they run off in there at about 175 miles an hour, and they're just waiting to see, and hopefully this thing will pass on over because the ceiling doesn't look that bad, just a few clouds here and there on the horizon. Yes? Uh, this is Ned Jarrett. I'm still in the garage area. David Pearson, you mentioned earlier, pulled the Carolina two Chattanooga two car into the garage area. David, what put you out? Well, believe it or not, uh, Ned, is that going to pull on the oil pump again? It uh, Undoubtedly, it was a brand-new oil pump. And we, I uh, guess, forgot to check it or something, whatever. But anyway, the pulley was loose on it, and it come out. And, of course, the oil pump belt flew off of it and it lost oil pressure. Well, we didn't get a chance, an opportunity before the race started to tell of all the problems you've had here. You only had about four or five laps of practice and had three different engines in the car before the green flag fell today. Well, that's true. We had uh, three laps. I got one practice lap earlier than we missed. Uh, the oil pump messed up, and uh, we changed engines. Then we put a, a new engine in, and I went out and qualified. And of course, oil pump messed up again, and uh, then we turned around and uh, didn't get to qualify with it and had to put another engine in. So uh, now the belt flew off the oil pump. Well, we're sorry to see you out. It's somewhat of a trying week here. You'll be looking forward to going to Darlington in a couple of weeks where you've had better luck. Oh, yeah. We're just talking to run, and uh, we're getting us, uh, two more engines ready for that. And, of course, uh, we'll be ready for Darlington. Okay. That's uh, David Pearson, three-time Grand National Champion. Today's champion spark plug 400 is the fifth round in the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship, and there's a very tight battle there as well. The fellow who administers the Pit Crew Championship for Ingersoll Rand is Dick Bauer, and we had a chance to visit with Dick about the importance of this contest and the tightness of the point battle. As administrator of the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship, you have a tremendous battle going into this race between two of the youngest drivers on the circuit, and I think there are two teams that if you'd said at the start of the season who would be at the head of this contest midway through the season, I don't think anybody would have picked Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott. I absolutely agree with you, Mike. I think it's part of the show of the growing uh, importance of the young drivers on a NASCAR circuit. Well, the teams are relatively new. This is Elliott's first year at running most of the races on the circuit, and the Richard Childress operation with Piedmont Airlines is pretty much a whole new team for this year, so that is kind of a surprise. Well, you know, where these two guys are running along with uh, four others in the tightest battle for the pit crew championship in NASCAR history. And uh, we've got a separation of five points between Ricky Rudd, who's leading, and Bill Elliott second. And then we've got Walter Labonte, Bodine, and Allison. Their crews are all jammed up, and everybody is within 35 points of the lead. So the contest for the second half of the year is wide open. 
One of the things that's really apparent going through the garage area is the amount of pride in these crews and the amount of attention that they pay to placing well or winning this pit crew contest. And I guess the contest is unique in that the driver is very much a participant. You don't just time the pit stop. The driver has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. We time from a white line at the entrance to pit road to a white line at the exit. So the driver's performance getting in and out of the pits is very important to the overall success of the pit stop. Well, and equally important, too, is, is finishing the race, because a driver who doesn't finish the race doesn't get any pit crew points. Well, we give them one, because we figure that in order to qualify for this contest, they have to be among the 10 fastest cars. And if they, do, if they accomplish that and break during the race, then they deserve one point, which they get. It's quite a payoff at the end of the rainbow, and that's just four races away. Yeah, the total prize fund at the end of the year, which is posted by Ingersoll Rand Power Tools and Proto Hand Tools, which has sponsored this contest for the entire year, is a big total of $40,000, with $25,000 going to the championship crew. It's conceivable, then, when you get down to the last race in the championship, that a driver doing well in the pit crew contest might even overshadow his desire to do well in the race. That's a lot of money at stake. Well, it is because uh, the crews, of course, are the unsung heroes of this sport, and this recognizes them, and that is the primary reason that Ingersoll Rand and Proto have, have sponsored this contest, to give this recognition to the crews, and they uh, certainly can use that kind of money because sometimes they're underpaid, too. Michigan International Speedway, 90 laps of the Champion Spark Plug 400 are complete. We're under the caution, and in one lap, rather two laps, we're going back to green, so pit road is busy, and we'll be right back. It's race day on the Winston Cup circuit. The green flag falls, and speed turns 3,700 pounds of metal into a blur. There's nothing like a day at the races, and no other airline covers the circuit like Piedmont. We're setting the pace with flights that can get you there in record time and fares that can save you up to 50%. When you fly Piedmont, you're never far from the track. Piedmont Country. 91 laps complete, and we're just set to go back to racing under the green flag. Benny Parsons is the first car off of pit road. He has emerged as the leader. They are showing 13 cars on the lead lap, including Cale Yarbrough. Despite a multitude of pit stops, he is still being shown on the lead lap at the tail end as the pace car stretches out the field in front of Dave Despain. Well, it's a neat moment for Benny Parsons, who spun on the second lap of this race in his new ride. The number 55 machine of Benny Parsons, the Wayman and Bruton Buick, now sits at the head of the field as the pace car comes on pit road. They form up two abreast on the turn four exit, and we're looking for a green flag. They'll drop the green on the 92nd lap here at Michigan International Speedway of the 200 that make up the champion spark plug race, and they come down in a hurry as Harold Kinder waves at green, and a lot of the top runners are caught back in the pack, including Bobby Allison, and they have no place to go in turn one. Bobby is tucked in behind Ron Bouchard, Darrell Waltip, and a host of others at the point. It is Benny Parsons scooting away. Neil Bonnet goes underneath. Buddy Baker takes second. Baker now feeling a challenge from Kyle Petty. Petty is in fourth. Fifth is Dave Marcus. Waltip is sixth. Bouchard seventh. Bobby Allison eight. Richard Petty nine. And ten is Harry Gant. Walter breaks out of the pack, makes a move, picks up a spot. Neil Bonnet takes the lead as they go to three. He is inside Benny Parsons, drops Benny back to the second position. Baker has a notion from third. Kyle Petty goes up on the outside, and Waltrip is in fifth spot, moving down on the low side of the racetrack. He wants to pick off a couple more on the front chute. Neil Bonnet came up through the pack like a shot out of a cannon, and he has grabbed the lead here at Michigan. Parsons drives second. 
Baker is third as they head back into turn number one, and there's about 12 cars on that lead draft again. The bid for the lead is successful for Benny Parsons, or is it? Neil Bonnet will come battling back to the high side. Waltrip has moved into third underneath Buddy Baker, taking Kyle Petty with him. Bobby Allison scooting through also. Off turn number two with three and four wide behind them. Your leader is Neil Bonnet now, and forging his way through is Allison. Benny Parsons calls Ellerby, North Carolina, home now as he slips back a couple of spots. He recalls the time just a couple of hours ago when he drove a taxi cab in Detroit for a living for a good while. Now he's got a mighty fast taxi cab under him out there as they come off turn four at about 170 miles an hour chasing the leader, Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet is the 11th different driver to lead this race. Well, he just lost that lead. Darrell Waltrip took it away, and Kyle Petty drafts right along with Darrell as they go to turn one. Neil Bonnet tucks into third spot now with Buddy Baker going fourth. Waltrip will watch now as everybody chases him. It's Kyle Petty running in the second spot. Here's Allison. Bobby midway between one and two goes low on the racetrack. He'll try and pick off fourth spot from Buddy Baker. They're side by side for fourth on the backstretch. Allison and Yarborough are the guys to watch. Allison is fifth. Yarborough is back in ninth position. Yarborough stayed on the lead lap despite all those problems that he had, all those pit stops that he had. Remember, a cracked oil pan is not something that's going to harm the performance of the automobile. Yarborough, the question mark, can he come back to the front as they come off turn four chasing Darrell Waltrip? Twelve cars bunched together in the lead draft as they come down to the line. Kyle Petty took a look underneath Waltrip to try and go for the lead, tucks back in, but here comes Allison. Bobby working low on the racetrack. He's alongside his Alabama neighbor, Neil Bonnet. Here's Kyle Petty. He started eighth. He wants a piece of the lead. Looks to the inside of the leader, Darrell Waltrip. Nothing there midway between one and two. But the good battle for third spot, Allison to the inside of Neil Bonnet. They drag race off two, and here's Yarborough. Meanwhile, on the front straightaway, contender Ricky Rudd is off the pace and down low on the racetrack. The story out front is Kyle Petty. He ran with the leaders early, then faded back into the pack. Now, as the yellow goes away and the green comes back out, it is Kyle who has re-emerged as a contender here. He is bird-dogging the leader as they come off turn four. That Ricky Rudd comes Trouble up oh, in turn number four. Turn four. The car spinning up high against the wall and now stopping, now sliding down the 18-degree banking and out of harm's way. A couple of the back markers almost got into that one. That could have been a big problem. That'll be Charlie Baker's car, who is in trouble up in turn number four, but now the car comes to rest on the apron of the track. He gets it fired again. We'll bring it on to pit road, and no caution on the speedway as the track is clear, so we'll stay under green. Feel in the back straightaway. Waltrip has grabbed the lead as he heads to turn three. Waltrip with a couple of car lengths over Kyle Petty. Bobby Allison is right there. Allison has emerged to contend for the lead now. Cale Yarborough has come with him. So Yarborough and Allison, who appeared to have the two strongest cars in the field before the yellow, are now running third and fourth. Barney, just before that spin we were about to mention, it sounds like Ricky Rudd's car is running on about five solos, and I suspect while they're running around on the range, probably... Uh, fouled out the spark plugs on that car. That does happen sometime when you run an extended period of time running slow. At 97 laps completed, it'll be Bobby Allison, or rather Darrell Waltrip, the head of the field. Allison in second, fighting long for the third spot. Cale Yarborough and Neil Bonnet. Yarborough fought his way back to the head of the field. In fifth is Richard Petty. Sixth is Kyle. Seventh is Harry Gant. Eighth is Tim Richmond. Ninth is Benny Parsons. In tenth is Buddy Baker. Eleventh is the Jeff Bodine automobile. And the twelfth spot is Ron Bouchard. 
in one more lap we'll be halfway at Michigan International Speedway as they go two by two down by Eli Gold in turn one. I think we've seen this before. Yarborough to the inside of Bobby Allison battling for the lead. They're right between turns one and two. Allison using the high side of the banking. Yarborough low and it's Bobby who wins this round. That's coming off turn number two. Allison up by a car length and a half. I think we're going to see this a whole lot more. That's two strong horses out there. Allison and Yarborough carving through traffic on that restart. Remember, they were back in the pack. They have gone straight to the front. Allison leading Yarborough. Petty has emerged as the third place automobile, and they have dispatched the leader, the leader after that yellow flag, Darrell Waltrip, back to fourth spot. Well, I think that pretty well covers it earlier this afternoon when Cale and Bobby Allison were trying to pull away from the field. They both got caught back in the pack on that restart, and now they both surfaced at the front of the field, so that pretty well gives you an indication of just how strong those two cars are. We have just completed the halfway mark. Harold Kinder has the cross flags trackside right now, indicating we have completed 100 of the 200 laps. From Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Michigan International Speedway, Jody Ridley is in the pits, and so is Ricky Rudd. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. They're changing the battery on the Piedmont Airlines car number three, a very unusual occurrence, which we've seen several of those here already today. They uh, were hoping the caution would come out when Charlie Baker spun there a few laps ago, but it didn't. He got out of the way, so now they're having to do it under the green, so he's losing precious time. Jody Ridley also had slowed down. Sounded like he was running on about six or seven cylinders, and uh, he's back in the garage area, I mean, in the pit area. They are checking on that car to see if they can find what the problem is. Jody had spent considerable laps in the garage area before bringing the car back onto the racetrack, as had the current Winston Cup points leader, Terry Labonte. Field strings out around the Michigan International Speedway. The ceiling's gone up again, and we're back in pretty good weather condition with 102 laps of the 200 complete in the Champion Spark Plug race this afternoon. It's a good one up front. Hasn't diminished a bit, as this time Allison brings Cale Yarborough down to the line in the lead. Richard Petty scoops up into the third spot, and they're beginning to open a little daylight, Eli Gold. It's a group of three, then another group of three, a group of two cars, then another group of four cars, of which one is lapsed down. Your lead trio working off turn number two, still Bobby Allison, Cale Yarborough, Richard Petty. The next group, Neil Bonnet leading Darrell Waltrip and Harry Gant. The next group, Jeff Bodine and Kyle Petty. At group number four on the back stretch now, Baker, Richmond, Parsons, and the Cale Yarborough is slowed up by Dave Despain. He has pulled down to the apron of the racetrack. Apparently, there is an additional problem for Yarborough's automobile. A little bit of a hint of smoke as he comes down low on the racetrack, headed for Pitt Road. That makes it a two-car battle out front. Allison and Petty for the lead. It's really going to be a heartbreaker for the Cale Yarborough team as well as he had run here this afternoon. Looked like he had the field pretty well covered, and Yarborough coast onto Pitt Road, and he may make that hard left turn into the garage area, and I believe that's what he's going to do. Ned Jarrett will make his way over there and find out exactly what put Cale out for the day, apparently. 104 laps complete. So this eliminates that three-car draft up front, and it's now Bobby Allison and Richard Petty with about 25 cars back to Neil Bonnet. Cale was trying to be the fifth double winner of 1982 season. Bobby Allison had won both races at Daytona and Pocono. Darrell Waltrip had won both at Nashville and both at Talladega. Cale, of course, won here in June, and they had high hopes of a double here, but the car has gone to the garage, and that just about ends that effort for the afternoon. As the leaders come down out of the fourth corner and back to the line, it's Allison and Richard Petty just about two car lengths apart. Neil Bonnet rides third, fourth is Harry Gant, fifth is Darrell Walter. 
Bobby Allison, who's making a bid for the Winston Cup Championship this year, as he's done in about the 20 years he's been in Winston Cup racing. It's one goal that has eluded the man, and he should have won it several times. He felt like he should have over the years. He's run just too good not to be the Winston Cup champion. Yesterday, he told me in the garage area, he felt like it was within his grasp right now. They had the best chance they'd ever had in his career. I sure think so, although it's still 11 races away, Barney. Uh, I'd love to do it, and these guys that I'm with this year, uh, all of them are really... Uh... Trouble up in turn number three. Neil bought it, scoots loose, and smacked the wall in front of Dave Despain. Bonnet got up on the wall as he was trying to race with Harry Gant. Gant was trying to come inside Neil, and Neil moved up, looked like he was giving him a little racing room, and then suddenly the car came loose, and boy, he really peeled the side of it off. No serious sheet metal damage, but he slid it up into the wall, and he's showing smoke as he moves down toward Eli Gold in turn one. It's the right rear sheet metal area. It seems to be crushed in on the tire, more so tire smoke than anything else, Dave, from our vantage point. Tough break for Neil Bonnet here at Michigan International Speedway. The Wood Brothers have had such success here over the years with their car, regardless of who the driver was. David Pearson just literally dominated the track for about six or seven years when he was their regular driver. But today, again, will not be their day at Michigan International Speedway as Neil has slipped over in turn number three, whatever, Barney, I got and Kale hit the wall. walking along with me. Just crawled out of the car. Uh, Kale, what went wrong? Well, the transmission busted, Ned. Uh, just one of those things, you know. We don't know what happened to it, but... It busted and uh, fell completely out of the car. Looked like you had it hooked up there the day before that happened. Well, there wasn't any contest, really. The car was running perfect, and when I got ready to go, we could just go. Well, Kale Yarborough, he was pleased with the way it was going. He's not pleased to be here in the garage area now. Here's an unscheduled pit stop for Harry Gant, the 7-Eleven Skull Bandit crew changing right side tires as Neil Bonnet comes on to pit road for aid from the Warner Hodgson. Wood Brothers crew to pry that right rear fender out away from the tire, and they'll probably have to change both of those. So green flag pit stops for two of the contenders. Let's take you back through the field with 100 laps completed and give you a rundown of the 25 cars that are running here in the Champion Spark Plug 400. Bobby Allison shown as the leader. Cale Yarbrough has just gone to the garage. That puts Richard Petty in the second spot. Shown in third on this lap is Jeff Bodine, the rookie driver, having a super run here today for Cliff Stewart and the Performance Connection crew. In fourth is Darrell Waltrip. Running in the fifth spot was Neil Bonnet, and he's on pit road. Harry Gant was sixth, and he's now on pit road, so that'll move Kyle Petty in the Uno STP Pontiac up in the fifth spot as Bonnet completes his pit stop. In the sixth position then would be the number two car, the Tim Richmond J.D. Stacy machine. In the seventh position would be Buddy Baker, running eighth is Benny Parsons, ninth is Ron Bouchard, tenth is Buddy Arrington, and on pit road, 11th and 12th on the lead lap would be the cars of Neil Bonnet and Harry Gant. Slowing on the back stretch, Mike, off turn two, Buddy Baker. Car number 28, he slows coming off the turn. I'll tell you, everything happens here once today or so, it seems. Mike, let's check in with Leonard Wood. Leonard, what happened over there? I don't really know yet. Uh, we're trying to figure it out. It, we think somebody might have hit him. I don't know. Uh, we, we're waiting to talk to him on the radio about it. He's got a hole in the tire. I don't know if somebody hit him first or not. Is there much damage done to the car? Yes, it's been up the right side and knocked in on the tires and tried to pull it off, but uh, we're feeling it out to see what it feels like. Okay, that's Leonard Wood, the crew chief on the car number 21. They think that he might have blown a tire that got him into the wall. Bonnet's back on the racetrack. Looks like he lost a lap on that exchange. 13th, one lap behind is Jimmy Means. 14th is Dave Marcus. 15th is former international sedan champion Dean Combs. And 16th is Tommy Gale. Tommy's having a good run today. They're all one lap off the pace. Two laps down. 17th is Lake Speed. 18th is J.D. McDuffie. And 19th is Ronnie Thomas. Three laps off the pace is Joe Boer in 20th spot. 
Four laps down is Charlie Baker. 22nd is Tony Bettenhausen. 28th is Ricky Rudd. They're five laps back. And six laps off the pace is the James Hilton automobile. The attrition rate has been a high one here this afternoon at Michigan International Speedway, particularly for some of the top contenders. Joe Rutman went out early this afternoon. Terry Labonte had problems. He's back on the racetrack now, but he lost about 12 laps in the garage area. Dale Earnhardt has also retired this afternoon. Morgan Shepard is out of the race. Jody Ridley has been in and out of the garage for considerable laps. He just made a pit stop a moment ago, and he is back on the racetrack. And now Buddy Baker's car, the Stacy Pack car, sits on pit road with a hood up, and Waddell Wilson and the crew go to work on that machine to see if they can get him back into competition or whether it will be a short day for Buddy Baker. 100, 111 laps completed here. Allison, the leader. Richard Petty is second. Rookie Jeff Bodine runs third. Darrell Waltrip is in the fourth spot, and Kyle Petty is fifth. Kyle Petty has torn up the right side of his Uno STP Pontiac. That car is on the far end of pit road down by Eli Gold. Mike, it happened out here in turn number two as we watch Kyle's crew working on the right side from our turn position. He just kind of jerked the car. It came off turn two, and it jerked into the outside retaining wall, which, of course, is not designed to give much. He gathered the car back in, but now there's a whole lot of work being done in the uh, Uno STP pit area. Let's go to the Buddy Baker pit area, Ned Jarrett. Well, Buddy has crawled out of the car number 28. He's looking at the front end. Buddy, what's wrong? Ed, we uh, had a little bit of handling problem, but something blew back into the grill and knocked a hole in the radiator. But we've seen a lot of cars come in with flat tires. Harry Gant had one, Neil Bynum had one, now Kyle Pettit is down there. They're still working on his car, uh, so there must be something flying off out there. Caution. I don't know. There's stuff out there somewhere because it knocked the grill back in my car. I don't really know what it is. Well, it's put Buddy Baker out of it, and the caution is out. The caution is out for debris on the racetrack in turn number three. There is, there is debris on the racetrack out in the third corner, and it's a piece of uh, sheet metal that is right up in the groove in the third corner. So the caution is out here for the sixth time. This would be, the, or rather, the fifth time this afternoon. The last one came out on the 84th lap for rain. We'll take this pause with Bobby Allison leading Richard Petty, Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, and Benny Parsons for Michigan International Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Here at Michigan International Speedway, everybody's on and off pit road. Jeff Bodine, Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip all come out in one bunch. So does Bobby Allison, and it'll be Waltrip that wins that drag race down pit road. Then Bodine will come out second. Allison will be third. Petty will be fourth. Then Tim Richmond, Benny Parsons, Harry Gant, and then finally Ron Bouchard of the cars that are on the lead lap. That's the way they'll come off pit road. Bouchard is taking on the luxury of a four-tire change under caution, so he'll be the last of those cars to go back into action. We've seen just about everything here this afternoon. Cars spinning into the wall. Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt, those Fords both clipped the wall. The crash involving the Bill Elliott machine. And as Barney pointed out a minute ago, among the favorites that are out early here, Joe Rutman is out of the race. The rookie point leader, Mark Martin, has fallen by the wayside. The 18-year-old youngster from San Antonio, Texas, Robin McCall, went out of the race early. Morgan Shepard is out. Dale Earnhardt, Cale Yarborough, and now the Buddy Baker car. Let's go to Ned. Kyle Petty is back in the pits in the Uno STP car. Has he got a problem over there on that right side, Hoss Ellington? Yeah, uh, Ned, I think, well, you know, I don't know where he got in the wall or not, but the defender's tough on the right rear, so we in here to just it down and get back out. I, I just hate it, you know, for the Uno car and STP to be fell out like this right here. Young fellow's running the best that he's run since he's been with you. That's true, Ned. We've got me running second, just holding on, and now we've lost two laps, I think, so we're just going to try to stay in there with him. Well, what they're doing over there right now is cutting some sheet metal away from that right side. 
So they'll get him back in the action. This caution uh, gave him that opportunity to do that extra work on the car. Midway through this race in the Ingersoll Rand Proto National Pit Crew Championship, Darrell Waltrip's team leads the Bobby Allison Gatorade crew by just 2.07 seconds. After three pit stops, Tim Richmond is in third place, four and a half seconds behind. Shortly, we'll be going back to racing here as they have the debris cleaned up over in turn number three. And for some of these drivers, Kyle Petty, Tony Bettenhausen, and Jody Ridley, the lengthy caution is a break for them trying to do some work on their cars on pit road. In just a moment, we'll announce the latest winner in the goodies race for the money sweepstakes. Right after we take this pause from Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We'll hold that goodies contest winner for a moment. It's Kyle Petty comes back on a pit road. We're about to go back to racing, and let's go to Ned Jarrett in the pits. We're in the Junie Donlevy pits, Jody Ridley's car, number 90. They've had a lot of problems with Richard Donlevy. Richard, what's wrong? Well, it looks like we've lost a head gasket. Looks like it's going to be running a little bit too hot to try to keep going. So you're going to park it? Yeah, we're going to make maybe one or two more laps and then go ahead and park it. Well, we're sorry to see you have that problem. They're changing the left side tires on Kyle Petty's car this time. They're about ready to send him back out, Mike. He's going to have to get out in a hurry because the field will get the green this time by. So Kyle, as the Hoss Ellington Uno crew and STP crew get him down, here he is moving off pit road. And the pace car is picking up speed out of turn number four as we're about ready to go back to green. Let's go up to Dave Despain. Darrell Waltrip will sit at the front of the field. It'll be interesting to see if he can stay there. Jeff Bodine will be right there with him, the guy who's shown strength all day. Bobby Allison rides in third spot. Richard Petty will bird dog him from fourth as they look for that flicker of green. Harold Kinder waves the green, and they waste no time in getting at it. Walter comes up through that gearbox in a hurry, gets a little jump on the rest of the field, but Bodine is right there with him in turn one. Now right behind Bodine, moving to the inside of a lapped car, that of Labati is Bobby Allison. So he'll try and tuck right in behind Bodine's cars. Walter pulls away by a couple of car lengths. Bodine is second, a tight third for Allison. Richard Petty now moving up the fourth spot as they shuffle off turn number two. Down the back straightaway, moving up now is Richmond. Lead quartet trying to pull away and in fact gaining uh, ground on the fifth place man, Richmond. Meanwhile, a new leader as they hit turn three. It's Bodine down on the low side, taking the lead away from Waltrip, who goes way up by the wall. Allison stays low with Bodine and will take over second spot. Richard Petty will come with him as they come off turn four. Waltrip goes from first to fourth. Jeff Bodine trying to move up in the champion spark plug rookie standings. He'll lead this lap under green. Earlier, he did lead a lap under caution. His terror in the lead will be brief. He's lost it in turn one. Bobby Allison and Richard Petty both go by Bodine, and Petty is going to stay low on the racetrack, trying to make a bid for the lead. Off turn number two, Allison high, Richard Petty low. They're nearly alongside coming off the turn, but it looks as though Allison is too strong this time. Petty settles, but other cars are moving. If the pattern remains the same as it was before the yellow, those two will pull away. Allison and Petty, it was just about ten laps ago that we lost Cale Yarborough from that battle, and then moments later, Neil Bonnet and Harry Gant both ran into problems, and at that juncture, Allison and Petty had a six-second lead. Then the yellow came out, and that interval now is about three car lengths back to Richmond third. As they hustle back down to the start-finish line, you would think with that many of the top contenders sitting in the garage area, there'd be no competition up front, but think again because there's about seven cars riding in the lead draft chasing Allison as they head back to Eli Gold. It's Bobby Allison and Richard Petty. Behind those two cars, it's Bodine, side by side with Tim Richmond and Benny Parsons watching comfortably in fifth. Sixth now, right there is Harry Gant. Waltrip tightly in seventh, they'll single file. Waltrip not able to hold on to that lead for very long, has fallen all the way to the tail end of the lead draft now. Benny Parsons continuing to look strong after his early spin. He is in fifth spot, but he's in danger of losing that position to the Gant-Waltrip draft as they run sixth and seventh on the inside of Benny. Sparson, Parsons spun up in turn three on the fifth lap of this race and 
force his way right back to the front of the field. Darrell Waltrip goes three wide underneath Harry Gant and Benny Parsons, trying to move up into the fifth spot. Can't quite do it in turn one. Benny is awfully strong in the center of the speedway, and using the high side of the banking, Parsons holds off the challenge right there. So Benny holds the fifth with Waltrip back in sixth. Harry Gant going seventh now. Your leader's off turn number two. Still Bobby Allison, Richard Petty hounding him. How many times have we seen that? Awful lot of attrition here today. Just 24 cars are running on the racetrack right now out of a starting field of 38. The two strongest cars are out front. Richard Petty trying to find a way around Bobby Allison. Allison goes all the way up to the wall. Petty comes way down on the safety apron, and they are side by side out of turn four. They come hustling down to the line. Richard Petty is there. Allison tries to squeeze him down to the bottom of the racetrack, and Petty leads this lap by just about a half a foot, and they stay that way back in turn one. I'm still side by side until Allison steps on the button and says, I'm gone. He'll use the high side of the banking, take first spot away from Richard Petty. Petty now hounding right there, tightly nose to tail. Bodine and Richmond, meanwhile, have been going single file, and they'll tighten up just a bit, trying to make it a tight four-car draft on the backstretch. Not more than three or four cars from Petty back to car lengths, we should say, from Petty back to Bodine, and he is indeed using that Richmond draft very effectively to keep those two leaders dead in their sights. Down on the low side, Bodine moving even closer to the leaders who are drafting way up by the concrete retaining wall on the outside, and it's still Allison leading Petty. Bobby Allison and Richard Petty are riding first and second, then less than a half a second back, there's five cars chasing the two drivers as they head over to turn number three and it looks like they're reeling them in a bit. Waltrip has moved into that third position. He was back as far as seventh. He's moved around Jeff Bodine to take over third spot. So it is Waltrip, then Bodine third and fourth. Up high near the wall runs Harry Gant in fifth spot. Tim Richmond is sixth and Benny Parsons seventh. A moment ago they were riding door to door going through the corners for that battle for third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And as they were watching Bobby Allison and Richard Petty pull away a little bit. They say, hey, this isn't going to work. So Eli Gold, it looks like they've decided to link up nose to tail and chase him down. They'll do that until a couple of cars will use a different groove than the others, but basically they'll stay in almost a straight line. Watching a good battle before, Benny Parsons and Tim Richmond. Benny's got to be feeling awfully good the first time out of this automobile. He's flexing, flexing his muscles pretty well sitting in seventh. I'm not sure that they're going to gain on those two leaders because Allison and Petty have moved it out to almost a two-second interval now. Looking back to that third-place man, Waltrip, and those two lead cars are very strong. Well, we said a moment ago we were talking to Bobby Allison yesterday about his chance to win the national driving title, the Winston Cup Points Championship, for the first time in his career, and he told me that he felt like it was the best chance he'd ever had. I sure think so, although it's still 11 races away, Barney. Uh, I'd love to do it, and these guys that I'm with this year, uh, all of them are really uh, dedicated and uh, enthusiastic and, uh, you know, just really a great bunch. And they know uh, the importance of running good week by week, and the benefits of that naturally are the championship, among other things. So, uh, really, I do feel like I'm in the best spot I've ever been. Bobby Allison, who wants to win the championship very badly. He doesn't play it up very much when you talk to him about it, but it's a goal that has eluded him in a career that spanned a little more than 20 years in Grand National Racing. It's hard to believe that when Bobby started back in the early 60s, the first year, looking back through the record book yesterday, won $670. The first year, and this year, he's well on his way to half a million in the winnings. That had just about buy a set of tires today. Yeah, if you're lucky.
129 laps complete at Michigan of the 200 that will make up the Champions Spark Plug race this afternoon as the leaders work off turn two. And we're seeing the movement again, Barney, from third back to seventh. They're starting to mix it up again. Bodine makes a move inside. Jim Richmond makes a move inside. And that is just letting Allison and Petty scoot even further away. And Allison and Petty are content to run single file and just let that advantage build. It's up around three, three and a half seconds now. They're putting about a quarter of a second to a half a second a lap on that third place battle. Let's take you back through the field a bit as the leaders try and run away from things here. Bobby Allison and Richard Petty. 130 laps, 260 of the 400 miles are completed. It's Allison and Petty, Waltrip in third, Bodine in fourth, Tim Richmond in the fifth spot, Harry Gant in sixth, and Benny Parsons seventh. All of those cars are just nose to tail. Eighth, one lap down, they're posting the Jimmy Means automobile. Good run for Jimmy today. In 10th spot, they're showing Buddy Arrington one lap down. 11th is Dave Marcus, 12th is Dean Combs, and 13th is Tommy Gale. All of those cars are one lap down. 14th, two laps off the pace is Lake Speed. And 15th, after a couple of unscheduled pit stops, is Kyle Petty. 16th, three laps off the pace is the J.D. McDuffie automobile. And running in 17th is Ronnie Thomas. With 130 laps complete, it's still Bobby Allison in front, Richard Petty riding second. The rest of the field strings out behind them as they come off turn four and back down to the line. And a moment ago, they were making a little gain on them. Waltrip, Jeff Bodine, and Tim Richmond, and Benny Parsons, and Harry Gant. But now, Eli Gold, it is indeed beginning to be a wider gap. It is. It's mixing up. Again, Bodine has made a move the last couple of times by to try and move inside. Here, they'll take different lines through this turn. Three cars coming low and two going to the high side. Richmond has been dancing around. Harry Gant tried to pick up a position, and it cost him one. He got dropped behind Benny Parsons. So as long as they move around, Petty and Allison are gone. We make it four seconds from Richard Petty back to the fourth, or check that the third-place man, Darrell Waltrip, at the head of that five-car battle for the third spot. Leaders head back down to the line as this crowd, capacity crowd, I might add, here at Michigan International Speedway as Roger Penske has added more seats to the facility here. They just continue to draw more and more fans for every race. And when you see one race at Michigan, you're sure going to come back and see the second one. That's the kind of competition that's always here. Well, it's become just about the most competitive racetrack on the circuit, not so much for number of lead changes or the number of different drivers that lead, although we've had 12 different leaders today. But for the fact that they can run four and even five cars wide here makes it an exciting event. Updating a couple of cars that have had problems, Ricky Rudd made a couple of unscheduled pit stops when they replaced the battery system on his Piedmont Pontiac. He's back up to racing speed now, but he is six laps off the pace. Terry Labonte changed the rear end gears. I believe they changed the rear end gear in his car, and he got back after losing 12 laps very early in the race. He's the Winston Cup point leader. Bill Elliott's car has lost about 22 laps by our unofficial, no, excuse me, he's lost 56 laps by our unofficial count. The reason Elliott came back into the race with his car pretty much totally torn up on the front end is that he is leading, or rather close to the lead, with Ricky Rudd, the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship. And in order to get any points in that championship, you must finish the race. And they are hopeful of winning the overall title. Uh, for that competition, which ends at Riverside, California in November. So they're trying at all costs to finish this event. Front twosome again continue to stretch that lead as they work the turn four area, come back down to the line, and in just a moment they'll be running up on some lapped automobiles, and Richard Petty might put a move on Allison at that time to get the lead. 135 laps complete here at Michigan International Speedway. Bobby Allison and Richard Petty just sit about two car lengths apart. 
and it is quite a gap back to the third place car. It's about half a straightaway now for Waltrip. Benny Parsons is forged up into the fourth position. Harry Gant rides fifth. Sixth is the Jeff Bodine automobile. Ricky Rudd is back up to speed. He's running right with them, but he's six laps down, and that'll put Tim Richmond in the seventh spot. Those are the seven cars that are on the lead lap as they sweep off turn number four. Come back around to the start finish line to complete the 136 lap, 272 miles of the 400 that'll make up today's race. Tim Richmond tried to move up a bit that time and catch up with Jeff Bodine, but he gets chopped off as they come off that corner. He's run really strong here this afternoon, and I guess a, a good call would go out to Benny Parsons, Ned Jarrett, and the fact that he's jumped in a brand new car with a team that he hasn't worked with before and is on the lead lap and has led some laps here this afternoon. Yes, he has, Barney. He's done a real good job. Of course, Benny drives this racetrack as well as any driver. He's a past winner here, and uh, he, he just seems to get around it real well. And that's a good automobile he has. And, and with the new crew there, they have done an exceptionally good job. Of course, there are some uh, experienced members on that crew, including his brother, Phil, who runs the Budweiser Sportsman Series. But he uh, works on his own car, and he's up there today very much a part of that crew. Andy Petrie, who was with Junior Johnson's team last year as one of their car changers, is one of the car changers today. So he has a lot of uh, experience, too. He worked with Phil on his sportsman crew. So they put together a good team there in a hurry and doing a good job here today. And while I have the mic, uh, Barney, how about this little situation? We talked to Buddy Baker there that something had gone through the radiator. They've taken it back into the garage area, and they found that a piece of Kale Yarborough's transmission went through the radiator of that car, and that's what put Buddy Baker out. Let's update you on the situation on cars on the lead lap. There are not seven. There are nine cars on the lead lap. Running behind that second pack, about a quarter of a lap, is Ron Bouchard in the Race Hill Farms. J.D. Stacy Buick, he's been on the lead lap all day. And Buddy Arrington, earlier we thought we were showing Buddy a lap behind, but he was on the tail end of the lead lap and remains so in that Chrysler Imperial automobile. And I asked him in the garage area, if they give him a lot of kidding about not having the rich Corinthian leather in that car and the air conditioning and the cruise control and all. Oh, they kid me about it, but, I, you know, I don't really care. That's, that's good publicity when they're talking about you. Somebody hears it, you know, but uh, I wish it did have air conditioning on it. I don't need no power steering, but if it had the air, especially Darlington coming up, Bristol coming up, uh, but that's all just a joke, you know. But being a Chrysler Imperial, it's a good aerodynamic car, and uh, it's, I just like it. So much better, and when it comes, we're going to make everything we got in peril. Well, he talks about two of the toughest tracks on the circuit, and that's just what we've got coming up in the next two weeks. Next Saturday night, the Bush 500 at Bristol International Raceway. The track is only a half a mile around, but it's banked 36 degrees. It's even steeper than Talladega, the world's fastest speedway. We saw a great show there in March at the Valleydale 500. Morgan Shepard, Dale Earnhardt, Darrell Waltrip rest of the NASCAR Winston Cup Tour put on quite a show there, and we're looking forward to going back next Saturday night. Then two weeks from tomorrow, Monday, Labor Day, it's the 33rd annual running of the Southern 500 at Darlington International Raceway. And that was always one of the toughest races on the circuit. Remember two years ago when Terry Labonte took the checkered flag on that one after all the leaders crashed with just one lap to go. Darlington is that tough kind of old racetrack. It's the oldest track on the circuit, and it provides some of the best racing. And we're informed that the ticket offices of both those racetracks are open today, so you can call up and reserve your seats for the Bush 500 next Saturday night at Bristol and the Southern 500 Labor Day at Darlington International Raceway. Early in this broadcast, we talked about Arrington and the fact that he's the only Chrysler product on the circuit. And he says now, he says that kind of gives him an advantage because there were a lot of orphan Chrysler parts hanging around different garages around the country. And now they've all found a home. Yeah, we uh, we built a building back out in the last fall that we really didn't need. And 
I didn't have nothing in it, and all of a sudden, the Pettis decided to clean their barn out and had a bunch of Chrysler stuff left, and they give us a deal on all it, so we picked up everything they had left, and then Chrysler called, and they had some stuff at Junior Johnson's on a test he was doing. I went and picked it up, took a big truck to haul all it, and, uh, and then some odds and ends that we need that didn't nobody have, but Chrysler's got. All I do is pick up the phone and get that, so right now we ain't hurting for parts at all. We got parts, just plenty of parts, you know. When you take a look at that race car, it is a pretty slick race car, and I'm sure that Ned will agree with this. If he had the caliber of engine in there that's in some of these other cars, he'd be tougher than a locust post. Barney, yesterday, Morgan Shepard told me after Buddy made that good qualifying run to start in fifth place, that if some of the high-buck finance teams had that car, that body style, that they would just flat run away from everything in the field. And I have to agree, and that's not taking anything away from Buddy Arrington, but Buddy will be quick to tell you that he just simply has not had the dollars behind him that he can spend to do the development and buy the good tires, I mean, the, you know, new tires all the time so he can, can run up front. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's done a tremendous job with what he has to do with. But if one of the high-buck teams did have that car, they might be tough. Rookie Jeff Bodine getting a good lesson in 160-mile-an-hour drafting with Benny Parsons and Harry Gant down at turn one. Bodine is working to the inside of Benny right now. He's been moving around, trying all sorts of different lines, and right now battling, hanging on for a fourth-place bid. Ahead of them, of course, is Waltrip in third, and now Benny seems to have the muscle in the backstretch. Barney, I don't know just how tough a locust post is, but these two guys out front are going to be tough to beat here today. Allison and Petty have now put seven and a half seconds on the battle that Eli just described for third spot. As the leaders come back to the line, Bobby Allison is in front. Richard Petty rides second. Right now, they just seem to want to ride that way and put as much daylight on the rest of the field as they can. The battle everyone is watching is back in the field as they come across the line between Darrell Waltrip, who rides in the third position, and the rest of the field, Bodine's putting on quite a show right now as he's back in front of Eli Gold. Bodine's trying to find a place to make a move. He is, again, trying to pick up positions, but each time he pulls out, he sees a couple of guys go to the high side, and one by one, they're sweeping by. Last time it was Benny Parsons. This time it's Harry Gant. So Bodine finds a spot to tuck in ahead of Ricky Rudd. That was a five-car battle. It is now a four-car battle. Tim Richmond has lost that draft. He's still running seventh, but he is about 100 yards behind the four-car war going on for third spot. Waltrip in command of that four-car battle as he's got about four car lengths on Benny Parsons. Off at turn four, they come back to the line to complete the 145th lap. It'll be 55 laps to go, and that battle back for fourth spot on back is still a good one. Harry Gant dives underneath Benny Parsons, and Bodine's going to go right with him in turn one. Now trying to make the move. Can Harry Gant hang on here? Parsons been strong here in turns one and two, working the high side, but not strong enough to fend off Harry Gant. Gant grabs away fourth position. Parsons holding down fifth. Sixth is going to be Jeff Bodine. So they work that way off the back straightaway and heading towards turn three. These drivers are a bit superstitious. When we talked to Ron Bouchard last year, he had that long string of 13s going for him. He was a 13th different pole winner, and he was the 13th, won the 13th race of the season. And Bodine, he's another rookie, and he's off that tough northeastern modified circuit, much like Bouchard. And he says he's got an unbeatable string of 13s going for him today. We got a lot of 13s going for us. Car owner points are 13. Our truck's parked in the 13th spot. We qualified 13. Garage number 13. Daryl Bryant's pit pass uh, was 13, had a 13 on it. Mine had the 31 on it which is 13 backwards, so I feel like we're going to definitely win tomorrow. That is, that is if you don't finish 13th. Well, there's no chance of finishing 13th with that many 13th already. You know, we've got to improve. And 
Michigan International Speedway. We've completed 148 of the 200 laps. It'll make up the Champions Spark Plug 400. Pretty good battle going on for that third spot. Just a moment ago over in turn number two between Darrell Waltrip and Harry Gant. Right now, they ride nose to tail as they head up to Dave Despain. Gant bad once around Darrell Waltrip, but he can't find a way to get there. He has to follow Darrell through the 18-degree high banks of three and four, but he is right on his tail. Remember, he started way back in 15th spot. As that battle goes on back in the pack, Eli Gold, it looks like the two front runners of Bobby Allison and Richard Petty have now put almost a complete straightaway on the rest of the field. That's just about it. They, those two cars were entering turn number one here while the third through seventh place battle was leaving turn number four. So it is just about a full straightaway, and they have not changed their line at all. Allison and Petty, I mean, you could put down a mark on the racetrack, and they'd run over it every time by. They haven't changed an inch. What's more, Richard Petty is staying just exactly two car lengths behind Bobby Allison using the draft, and they're running away from that third-place battle. Well, who's going to win the Winston Cup championship for 1982? Right now, three to five drivers figure very prominently in it. Of course, the, the three that are right up in the front are Terry Labonte, Bobby Allison, and Darrell Waltrip. And Junior Johnson told us yesterday we were talking about could they come from behind like they did last year and win it. Junior said he felt like they could, but they'd take a little bit of luck. A little bit, Barney, but uh, I also think that the competition's a lot better shape than it was last year. Uh, I think Bobby and them boys have got their car pretty well sorted out, and so is Terry. So I think we got our hands full just to hang on and, uh, you know, say that we're going to run them down. It's, it's got to take a lot of luck, I think. Here's race for the lead in front of Davis Payne, turn four. Betty up high, Allison down low, and Allison's thinking pit road. He is on pit road. So Bobby Allison, the first of this round of green flag pit stops. Allison's Gatorade car, he won a race a couple of weeks ago by getting the best gas mileage. This time he's the first one in. Before everybody breaks for pit road, let's take you back through the field a bit. There are nine cars on the lead lap. Bobby Allison, the leader, until he dove onto pit road. That puts Richard Petty out front. He was posted the second-place car. Let's go back from there. It's 6.1 seconds back to Darrell Walter, riding third. In fourth is the Harry Gant machine. Riding fifth is Benny Parsons. Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Tim Richmond. Eighth is Buddy Arrington. And ninth is Ron Bouchard. They're all on the lead lap. One lap down in tenth is Dave Marcus. Eleventh, good run today for Jimmy Means. In the twelfth spot is Neil Bonnet. Two laps off the pace, thirteenth is Lake Speed. Three laps down, 14th is Kyle Petty, 15th is Dean Combs, and 16th is J.D. McDuffie. The other cars running, and these are not in order, but these are the other cars still in contention. They include Tommy Gale, James Hilton, Joe Boer, Charlie Baker, Ronnie Thomas. Six laps off the pace is Ricky Rudd. 12 laps down is the 44 car, the point leader, Terry Labonte, and 55 laps off the pace is the number nine car, the pole sitter, Bill Elliott. Well, Bobby Allison made a pit stop at about lap 115 was the last time they were on pit road. He's just been in on lap number 151, and Ned, that would be a bit early. Well, it is a little early, and I thought they would come in, Barney. I thought they'd go another five to ten laps. He can he can make it, I think, the rest of the way, although it's going to cut it pretty close, but Richard Petty being able to go a few more laps. Allison changed all four tires, or his crew did. He's right now on the back bumper of Richard Petty a lap down. He'll try to unlap himself here just in case a caution comes out, and he shouldn't have any problem doing it because he has fresh tires on that car. And that's what Richard Petty sees now as Bobby Allison here in turn number one goes low, while Petty's stays glued to the high side of the racetrack. So Bobby Allison back on the tail end of the lead lap as they come off turn number two. 
Moving down the backstretch, that interval about two car lengths. It looks just like it did before the pit stop because that's just exactly the interval they had been maintaining. But with Allison going to the pits for four tires, he is now nearly a lap down to Richard Petty, who continues to stretch his lead over the third-place battle that involves the number 11 car of Darrell Waltrip right on his rear deck, Harry Gann. Barney, I'm going to speculate a little bit. Since they changed all four tires on that car and came in a little early, I'm going to say that they had a, developed a vibration in it, and rather than take any chances, as we've seen so many times in the past, a car will come in, they'll change two tires, go back out, and the next lap have to come back in and change the other side because they didn't know which side to change. So I'm going to speculate and say that that's what the problem was. Well, it would be a good gamble on their part also, Ned, because as you pointed out, they will be able to go the distance. They've had good gas mileage this year. It's won them a couple of races, and it's also lost them a race a time or two. But if they felt like they could go the distance, they had everything to gain and nothing to lose. 154 laps complete of the 200. Richard Petty is now the leader in the STP Pontiac. He's had a pretty good run here all afternoon. He had a heck of a chase in the early going with Cale Yarborough, who has now fallen to the wayside and is out of the race and himself and Bobby Allison. Now, Kale lost an oil pump, or rather the oil pan crack was the initial problem on his Valvoline Buick after he ran very well. David Pearson lost an oil pump pulley. He was in contention. Rear end problems put Morgan Shepard out today. Rookie point leader Mark Martin is out of the race. And the third lap, Joe Rutman exited after qualifying in the 18th position. Jody Ridley has gone home. Likewise, Dale Earnhardt, who blew a left front tire, and that tore up the fender, the gas, and the brake lines on his Wrangler Ford. So a lot of the front runners by the wayside, but nonetheless, it is a terrific battle up near the front of the field with Petty leading Waltrip, Harry Gant, Benny Parsons, rookie Jeff Bodine is right in it. So is Tim Richmond. Buddy Arrington is on the lead lap, and as he developed a legion of fans this year, he's currently sitting in the fourth spot in the Winston Cup point standings, along with Ron Bouchard also on that lead lap. A caution flag would tighten up the field, and any one of them would have a strong shot to win it here this afternoon. Labonte leads the point chase by just 35 points, but they spent some time fixing the rear end on his car. He's 12 laps off the pace, but still running. Bobby Allison is just 35 Winston Cup points behind him. Allison will pick up at least five points for leading a lap here today. He may get five more for leading the most laps, and will pick up, depending on where he finishes, we could have a new point leader. Third, Darrell Waltrip is just 86 points out of the second spot, so all three of those positions could change hands. Arrington is fourth. Fifth in the points is Richard Petty. Sixth is Dave Marcus. They're all, both still running. Dale Earnhardt's out of the race. He came into this race in seventh. Harry Gann is eighth. Ron Bouchard is ninth. And 10th place Morgan Shepard is already retired for the day. So Ricky Rudd has a chance to move into the top 10. We're just 43 laps away from the finish here in the Champion Spark Plug 400 at Michigan. We're at Michigan International Speedway with 39 laps to go and the champion 400 and pit stops are becoming the order of the day. Here's Richard Petty, the leader on pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. A schedule pit stop. Tim Richmond is in the pits right in front of Petty. He came in the last time around. They get his car uh, service. He tried to go back out, but he's still sitting there. They go to work on the right side on the SVP car. Petty changes the right side tires. He's had that Pontiac in the wind today. It's been a year since he won a race. That was right here in Michigan, and he'd like to do it again. And they're coming around. They're going to change the left side tires. So... 
Apparently, they saw what was happening with Allison's car as he pulled around Petty, got back in the lead lap after changing all four tires and just literally ran away from Richard. So they're not taking any chances. They're changing all four also. They're going to have to hurry because right side here comes Bobby Allison off the fourth corner, crosses the start-finish line as Richard Petty begins to move, and Allison will leave him some distance behind as they hit turn number one in front of Eli Gold. Bobby Allison will be midway between turns one and two as Richard Petty hits the banking coming out of the pitch. So call it a half-turn advantage with their wide-sweeping turns here. So it's a comfortable lead right now for Bobby Allison as he works off turn number two, and Petty is caught up in a pack of traffic. He'll work his way through. Looks like Darrell Waltrip will be the leader. He has not yet made his pit stop. The rest of the cars in the lead lap, Buddy Arrington's been in. Here's Benny Parsons on pit road and Jeff Bodine. So Waltrip will be in front until he makes his pit stop. And Barney, as we speculated during the commercial, Richard Petty really couldn't hardly wait much longer to make his pit stop, even if he did have enough gas to keep going. Well, I, I was really surprised, and I think Ned might go along with this, that he didn't come in a little quicker, particularly as soon as Bobby passed him back. Had he come in in that space of time, Bobby had a long ways to go around the racetrack, and there wouldn't have been quite the interval to make up that he's got now, would there, Ned? No, it wouldn't, uh, Barney, but we do have to take into consideration, too, that Richard now has on four fresh tires, so he should be able to run faster than Allison, because Allison has run 12 or 15 laps right now on his tires, and that certainly has heated them up. Tim Richmond had an extended pit stop in the car number two. I believe he's gone on back out now. There's so many people between me and his position there, but he was in for several laps. Ricky Rudd is in in the Piedmont Airlines car, and Junior Johnson and his crew are waiting on Waltrip very shortly. So Waltrip has now moved up into the lead and leads a lap here at Michigan International Speedway in his quest for the Winston Cup Point Championship. As he scoots around the racetrack, Bobby Allison moves underneath us across the start-finish line, and here comes Richard Petty across, and the interval should be about five seconds. It's a tough break for Tim Richmond, Ned. They pushed that car back behind the wall. Richmond had a good run today. He was running in the sixth position at the time of his pit stop, but apparently it's a problem the Stacy crew cannot repair. They are pushing him, although at double time, back to the garage area. They may try to get him back in this one, but he's going the long way around, so... It'll be the end of the afternoon, apparently, for Tim Richmond, the Ashland, Ohio driver who won a race earlier this year at Riverside. Waltrip's the leader. Allison runs second, but the pit board is going out for the Junior Johnson Dew crew. That'll shuffle the order around a bit. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. At Michigan, the pit board is up for Darrell Waltrip. The Junior Johnson Dew crew machine comes down off the banking, and the Buick comes down pit road. He is the race leader. He'll be the last of the front runners to pit. We'll keep an eye on Bobby Allison and see if Waltrip is able to pit without losing the lead as Allison is out on the course in the backstretch headed for turn three. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, they're changing the right side tires right now, making no attempt to change the left side tire. Junior Johnson is looking at it. He also is reaching in that left rear window, making a chassis adjustment on that Mountain Dew Buick number 11. So they are not going with left side tires. They're already down and away at 14 and 3 tenths seconds. Quick stop for Waltrip of the Mountain Dew crew, and he comes buzzing back onto the racetrack as he whistles off down into turn number one, and that will get all the front runners in for their final pit stop and should be able to go the distance with no problem. 166 laps are complete. This means Allison will be the leader. He's up in turn number two. Richard Petty rides second, and Waltrip comes up to racing speed. He'll be the third-place car. Marked out Harry Gant, fourth on your dance card. Jeff Bodine will be the fifth-place machine. All those cars running on the lead lap. Benny Parsons will be sixth. And Buddy Arrington will be seventh. We'll double check. It looks like Ron Bouchard in that exchange may have gone a lap down to the field, but he would still be the eighth-place car. Just 34 laps winding down to this one as Dave Marcus is on pit road in the Throttles Restaurants Transmissions Unlimited Buick. 
as coming to the stripe is Waltrip. He's got Buddy Arrington in tow. He's just put Arrington one lap off the pace. Arrington's had a good run today, and Waltrip is catching Richard down in turn one. It's Darrell Waltrip now looks caught at about five car lengths down to three as Petty goes low. Waltrip goes to the high side. They're between turns one and two. It's still Richard Petty showing the way. About two car lengths as they even out now coming off the turn, but Waltrip has momentum coming off the banking. It's down to a car length and a half. Now one on the back stretch. It's Waltrip in the middle of a Petty sandwich there. He's got Kyle and Richard both to run with out there. Waltrip had a good, quick stop, and as he came drag racing down pit road, he got into the thick of it with Richard Petty. It is Waltrip now running in that second spot with Richard Petty third. They are chasing Bobby Allison off turn four. Well, we haven't really seen what Darrell has had today, and so many times this year he's changed his driving style to kind of lay back and make his move late in the race, and Ned Jr. Johnson and his crew usually know what they're doing. Yes, they do, Gordon, and Pit position here is right directly behind the pits that they choose. The Grand National Champion gets his choice of the pits uh, at every Western Cup race. And I've been looking, and Junior has not been concerned. Of course, that's nothing new. You know, if they're having problems, he stands there and is not concerned. They're in a huddle there right now talking about uh, something. It's hard to say what they might be talking about, but I think that they're pleased with the way things stand right now. And I suspect that they have not shown their hand here yet today. Well, Richard Petty just dived underneath him going into the number three corner up there. So maybe he's going to let... Petty pull him along in the draft and maybe link up and try to chase Bobby Allison down as well, he goes across the line. Well, Petty has the four fresh tires on, and, and that is going to give him a little bit of an advantage over Waltrip, and he was outrunning Waltrip even before they made those uh, tire changes, and it'll be interesting to see if Waltrip can keep up with him with those uh, hot left side tires on there. And they are catching Bobby Allison, though, only fractionally. A lap ago it was 4.6 seconds. Now it's 4.3 seconds from Allison back to the drafting duel of Petty and Waltrip. Barney, one thing that surprised me during the afternoon is on every restart, Waltrip, whether he'd start in second, third, or fourth spot, would seem to drift back through the field the first couple of laps back to about eighth or ninth position. He was not as quick on those first couple of laps of the restarts as he normally is. Well, the car hasn't been up front as much as you'll see it. Even in that lead draft this afternoon, he's been back sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth position and has been able to get up there only when a caution bunched him up, or maybe that was his choice. Right now, he and Richard Petty draft along together. They were side by side for a moment up in turns three and four. Now they go back to nose to tail, and it's still Richard riding in second spot, Darrell in third in front of Eli Gold. And Bobby Allison passing us has nobody off which to draft. He's working around race traffic. There are few enough cars on the racetrack right now that Bobby really has no help out there while Petty and Waltzip are running in tandem. As they run in tandem, they have shrunk the interval. It's now four and a quarter seconds from the leader, Bobby Allison, up in turn three. Back to Richard Petty, who is just peeling off into turn three with Darrell Waltrip in tow. Harry Gant is closing it up a little bit from fourth spot and looking like a contender, and Benny Parsons has got a good ride going in fifth. This has been a hot and cold racetrack for Bobby Allison. He's won some races here, but he's been in contention to win more and had bad luck befalling. Well, some real uh, unusual things have happened here, but I really like the racetrack. I have had uh, extremely good and extremely sorry luck, but uh, all in all, it's a, I think it's a super place to run. Darrell Waltrip continues to lose ground to the front runners. For an update on what might be wrong with his car, let's go to Ned Jarrett. We just checked with Hall of Famer Junior Johnson, and he says the engine is missing. That don't mean that it's gone from out from under the hood, but he has a cylinder that is not uh, working. He's running on seven cylinders, maybe even down to six now as he's pulled her down on the inside of the racetrack. Certainly not up to par. 
it's a tough break for Darrell because he was in a good position here to maybe overhaul Bobby Allison and win this race with 175 laps down and 25 to go. Richard Petty is moving away from Harry Gant at about half a second left, but he is only catching Bobby Allison at the rate of about five one hundredths of a second per lap. Jim Work had the stopwatch on him the last couple of times by. Dave Despain, Richard Petty's right up against the wall at your end of the racetrack, and Allison looks to be running a bit lower line up there when he's by himself. Petty likes to run up high on any racetrack he runs, and he's been using that line all day today. Allison has demonstrated the ability to run both high and low. Bobby is picking his spot right now. He obviously can run anywhere he wants to with the lead and running without the benefit of a draft, but also without traffic infringing in his path. So Allison is picking his spot, and Petty is catching him very slowly. Ned, there's conflicting opinions there. You can run the low side of the racetrack here and take the short way around, but if you stay in the high groove, the engine will turn more RPM in the corner, which is going to be the faster way around. Depends a great deal, Mike, on how they have the car set up. For one thing, the chassis with the how it's working better low or high would have one thing to do and also the gearing of the car. Now if you're running a little bit lower gear ratio you can run down low and still get that acceleration off the curve. But as you say, keeping her high and keeping the engine revved up can give you more speed as you come off the turn. So it depends a great deal on a lot of things out there. And, uh, apparently they got to figure it out, which is best for each of them. Well, this is far from being over. 177 laps are down. 200 will make up the Champions Park plug race this afternoon. Right now it's Bobby Allison, everything going his way. And Darrell Waltrip, who was right in the thick of things a moment ago. This has not been Darrell's track. He's won a race here, but it's, he's just never had any luck at all at Michigan. Last fall here, this race uh, last year, Richard Petty run so good that we couldn't beat him, and we finished second. Come back here in the spring, and Kale runs so good we couldn't beat him, and we finished second. So we've had good luck here. It's not been a bad racetrack for us, but we have not been able to win here. And it looks like Darrell will not be able to win today as the laps wind down, and they're having some trouble on the engine on the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew car. 178 are complete. Bobby Allison still out front. Teddy's knocked that lead down to 3.63 seconds, so he is gaining, but fractionally, 22 laps may or may not be enough time. The distance is perhaps about 30 car lengths as they come off turn two. We'll take you back through the field. Bobby Allison leading by 3.6 seconds. Richard Petty's STP Pontiac in second. Darrell Waltrip has backslid from the third spot. That now belongs to Harry Gant. Benny Parsons is fourth. He's locked up in a tough battle with rookie Jeff Bodine, who sits in the fifth position right off his bumper. In the sixth spot is Waltrip, and seventh is Ron Bouchard. Eighth is Buddy Arrington, ninth to Neil Bonnet, and tenth to Dave Marcus. In the eleventh spot is Jimmy Means. Twelfth is Lake Speed. Thirteenth is Dean Combs, and fourteenth is Kyle Petty. 179 complete as the leader comes down around the speedway again. There will be 20 laps to go in just a moment with Bobby Allison having everything his way. And from the onset here this afternoon, it was apparent that Bobby and Cale had the two strongest cars. Of course, Cale has gone out of the race, and nobody's been able to do anything with Bobby. And now, Barney, that gap is shortening noticeably. Last time around, Petty picked up four-tenths of a second on Allison. So mark it down at 3.25 seconds is Bobby Allison's lead with 21 laps to go in the Champion Spark Plug 400. Richard Petty trying to break a drought of almost a year as he tries to chase down Bobby Allison and the laps wind down. We've completed 183. There's 17 to go as the two front runners head back into turn one. The deficit is obviously narrowing, though again in 17 laps do you have enough time. Bobby's won here three times. Petty's won here four times. They know their way around, but you have to figure that even with a three-second or so lead, with 17 laps to go, it might be an awfully tough task for Richard Petty. 
You know somebody's talking to Bobby Allison. The interval has stabilized at 3.1, and you can bet that Allison is getting communication from his pits about that interval. Petty looked like he was going to reel him in. Now it has stabilized, 3.1 seconds. One thing that was happening there a moment ago, Allison came up on some traffic. He got the advantage of the draft off of him, and he widened that uh, length a little bit, or his lead. But then Petty came up on the same traffic. He was able to pick it back up and close it up. Since then, they've been running basically out on the track by themselves. Now, Allison's fixing to come up on a couple of slow cars there now. He'll get a little bit of uh, advantage from that. Well, that draft extends back about 20 car lengths or so, the effects of it. Although they're marginal at that distance, you still can get a pretty good toe off of a car in that less than uh, full undisturbed air. And it will help you a bit as Allison goes by the James Hilton car running slow on the backstretch. On the lead lap, Allison the leader, Petty in second, Gant is third. Bodine and Parsons continue to shuffle fourth and fifth. Right now it's Bodine in the fourth spot. And in sixth is Darrell Waltrip just coming by the start-finish line about 40 miles an hour off the pace. One lap down is Buddy Arrington. Ron Bouchard just made a late pit stop. He'll go two laps off the pace along with the Neil Bonnet, Dave Marcus, and Jimmy Means automobiles. Richard Petty trying to make enough time to get himself into victory lane. He won his last race here a year ago at Michigan International Speedway for the champion spark plug 400. He has 15 laps to reel in Bobby Allison. It's going to be almost an impossible task, but in Winston Cup Grand National Racing, stranger things have happened, that's for sure. 185 complete as Allison takes him around the racetrack. He's had a phenomenal year. They were took off, won the Daytona 500, then they went in a slump for about seven or eight races. They reeled the thing back in, got it all together up at Dover, Delaware, and since that time, they've either been red hot or ice cold. Today, Allison is red hot. Here he comes out of turn number four. Go ahead, Marty. We have to go back to that pit, pit stop that Allison had to make a little bit early. They chose to put on all four tires during that time, and when he came back out, even he was a lap down, he was able to run Petty down quickly, pulled away from him, filled up a margin there of some five or six seconds something that he's been able to hold even though Petty changed all four tires made a comparable pit stop to that of Allison but still Allison had gained that advantage early so had they made those pit stops together Petty stayed in the draft I think they'd be running right back there together again but that uh, difference came right there with those new tires on uh, when he had them for about 15 laps and Petty had old tires on well, when luck is with you, too, sometimes you make a gamble and it pays off, and then again, sometimes it doesn't. But for Bobby and the Gary Nelson crew here this afternoon, it has paid off for them. Here's Allison across the line. We'll follow him around this time as Harold Kinder gives Ron Bouchard the passing flag as Richard Petty's running up behind him. And Petty has reeled in a little bit more on Bobby Allison back in turn one. It looks like he has. They're both taking identical lines all the way out near the wall. Each have used different lines today, but, of course, now in the later stages of the race, that's where they've been almost most exclusively, and let's call it maybe a third of the back straightaway. That's all the deficit that there is now for Richard Petty. We make it 2.3 seconds from here, and that's down about six-tenths of a second from just five laps ago. Want to say a quick word about another Winston racer who's here today. Ricky Graham leads the Winston Pro Series for motorcycle competition. He fell off hard last Sunday at Peoria, Illinois, and he's got a compression fracture in a, a vertebrae and a broken rib. And so on this day off, he's come out to watch the stock car guys go. He gets back to action next week at Indianapolis. Well, Jim Work marks at 2.2 seconds on his stopwatch here in the booth and points out that Richard is only gaining time on the straightaway, that Allison is staying right with him in the corners. This has been such a hot race, we've neglected our goodies race for the money contest winner for August. We'll make that announcement. It's Hazel Serber of White Top, Virginia. She'll receive $300 cash from goodies and two tickets to the Richmond Wrangler Sand Set 400 coming up the second Sunday in September. 
and our congratulations to Hazel, from all the folks at Goodies and us at MRN. To enter that contest, you could win the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. That's the grand prize. Tickets to the Daytona 500 and Sportsman 300. Lodging for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores, Florida, plus $1,000 in cash and spending money from Goodies. Or you could win one of these Racing Holiday of the Month prizes. Just send your name, address, and your phone number, along with the front panel from any size package of Goody's Headache Powders or the name Goody's Headache Powders planted in plain block letters on a 3x5 piece of paper to Goody's Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. And by the way, you can also use the front panel from any size package of Goody's Extra Strength Tablets. Each entry must be in a separate envelope, please. We could be calling your name out next week as the latest winner in the Goody's Racing Holiday of the Month prizes. 11 laps to go here at Michigan International Speedway. Richard Petty is running down Bobby Allison as they come off turn four. We'll get the interval this time by before we break for commercial. It'll be 10 laps to go. The sign from Harold Kinder. Allison across 2.1 seconds. The interval has stabilized. Richard Petty has got 10 laps to try to run him down. At Michigan International Speedway, seven laps to go. There'll be six this time by, and that interval is definitely shortening in a hurry now. Richard Petty is less than maybe 40 car lengths behind Bobby Allison as they come down to the line, and it is Marty, really getting a, tight. He's probably close enough now that he's getting some benefit from the draft of Allison's car, and as he gets closer and closer, he'll be able to reel him in quicker. They're in front of Eli Gold. Richard Petty still down. Let's call it about 30 to 35 car lengths now as they work to the high side of turns one and two. That line has not changed now in the last uh, 25 or 30 minutes. But still, Richard Petty, he has that last hope. The scoreboard says 194. Draft's going to be the key. If Richard can get close enough to get the benefit of that draft, as Ned pointed out, then he should be able to pull right up on Bobby Allison. Of course, catching him is not the same thing as passing him. Allison's been tough all day, and as he brings it off turn four, the interval is down now to a matter of about a second. I think the key here all afternoon, if Ned's been watching up in the corners, I know our turn reporters have, is Richard is just not that strong in the corner, and a straightaway, he can get it done. But in the corner, he loses a little something. Five to go. They're back in turn one. At least in the corner this time by, he tries to stabilize, but it doesn't happen. Bobby always puts a couple or three car lengths in here in turns number one or two. But coming off the banking, it's Richard Petty who again begins to close as he does right now, passing the Winston sign and down the back straightaway. It's still just about a second. It appears Allison has some options. He can run anywhere he wants to on the racetrack. Richard appears to be stuck with that high line. He's running the rim all the way around the racetrack. That does give him the good drive off the turn. He's got the engine RPMs up. And when he comes onto the straightaway, that's where he's able to gobble up time on Allison, and he does it again as they leave turn four. And he gets a lot of help on the front straightaway because all 40,000 of these fans are just waving him on down this front straightaway. That's got to help him a little bit. And now passing us here in turn number one are four cars that are maybe going to be a factor in just a short while. You've got Dave Marcus, Neil Bonnet, J.D. McDuffie, and Bill Elliott's automobiles. They will certainly be overhauled by the leaders as now Richard Petty is down to, let's call it, 20 car lengths of a deficit coming off turn number two and working the back stretch. It's easy, easy enough to measure now in terms of lengths and not in seconds. It is under a second as Petty closes on Bobby Allison. 
Allison, who has had things his way since that tire change, suddenly has his mirrors filled with Richard Petty. They're both running right up by the wall. The slower traffic directly in front of them on the front chute. Here they come down to the line, and this crowd is on their feet, hoping, praying Richard Petty can get up there because it's been a year since Richard has been in victory lane, and he is there. Make it eight car lengths as they hit turn one in traffic. They go around Bill Elliott's automobile to the high side and around J.D. McDuffie. It is eight car lanes, and this time Petty will not lose anything here in the turn. They get by two of the slower cars. Everybody else will move to the inside to let these two lead automobiles work outside. And that they do down the back stretch, eight car lanes. They give them plenty of racetrack to work with. The interval stable. Petty not able to gain anything down the back chute. Now, as they hit the 18-degree banking, it turns three and four. Petty trying to reel him in, picks up perhaps a car length. The front straightaway is going to be crucial as Allison leads Richard Petty down with two to go. Well, it looked like a moment ago that Petty was going to run out of time, but Richard has reeled him in from better than eight seconds back on that restart. He's there. He's less than eight car lengths back as they move around Neil Bonnet's limping car down into turn number one. And Bobby tucked in behind Neil for half a second, maybe to get a little bit of a pull from Neil Bonnet's automobile. And now as they work past us here in one and two, it's still Richard Petty. Let's caught it three and a half to four car lengths of a deficit. Off the turn around Dave Marcus and Neil Bonnet. They're on the back stretch. Everybody moving down out of the way to give the leaders plenty of racing room, setting up for another fantastic Michigan finish. Petty back perhaps three car lengths. Now as they hit the banking, it closes up. He's within two as they move up high on the rim. That's the line that we've seen all afternoon long. This one is setting up for a shootout at the finish line. Two car lengths is the difference. Here's Petty pulling right up to the back bumper of Bobby Allison. Harold Kinder waves the white flag, and the crowd goes crazy. He is right at Allison's back bumper as they go to turn one. Petty looks inside. Nothing there. He'll tuck it right in behind and now looks to the high side. Richard Petty sees the door shut as Allison goes high with him. So now they'll rim ride here in turns one and two. And coming off the turn, it's Bobby Allison up by a car length on Richard Petty. Petty now closes. He's getting set to make a move on the backstretch. Remember now, Petty's been having to run the rim here lap after lap. Allison has a little more flexibility. Allison's got one car length on him as Allison goes down low. Petty goes up high, setting up for a finish. Allison pulling away just a little bit. They come off turn four, looking for the checkered flag. We've seen that draft pull that second place car up there. Here comes Richard out of the fourth corner. Tries Bobby down on the inside. Tucks back in behind him. Looks and dives at the last second. He won't make it. He'll miss it by just about a three-quarters of a car length, and Bobby Allison will win. The champion spark plug 400, Richard Petty will finish second. Looking for the battle then for fourth spot. It's in the backstretch going for Dave Despain. It's Benny Parsons and Jeff Bodine. Parsons is on the low side. He's about a half length off Bodine. Bodine way up by the wall. Parsons will try the low line. They exit turn four. Here's the race for fourth place coming to the flag. Off turn four. Down to the inside. It'll be Bodine. Benny Parsons has a look high. Can't do it. And Jeff Bodine, the rookie charger from Shimong, New York, will hold off Parsons to finish fourth behind Bobby Allison, Richard Petty, and Harry Gant. The champion Sparkplug 400 is history, and the winner is Bobby Allison. He had STP oil treatment in his engine the whole winning way because STP oil treatment fights motor oil breakdown by putting extra lubricant and anti-wear agents to work just where they're needed. STP oil treatment actually strengthened his motor oil's anti-wear properties so it could do a better job. STP oil treatment works for Bobby Allison, and it could work for you, too. Just add some when you're adding oil or changing it. STP oil treatment fights back against motor oil breakdown.
Bobby Allison, the Die Guard Gatorade crew, have won the Champion Spark Plug 400. Richard Petty trying to win his first race in a year comes up just three quarters of a car length short. He had Allison covered in the straightaways, but not through the corner. And if you've ever been to the Speedway, this whole front straightaway is just one long looping corner here. And that made the difference for Bobby Allison today. Harry Gant finishes third. Rookie Jeff Bodine picks up some valuable points on Mark Martin by finishing fourth. That's six bonus points for that top ten finish. He beat Benny Parsons to the flag by just a car length. Parsons, his first outing since the Firecracker 400 in his new Wayman and Bruton racing team machine, finishes in the fifth position. Going sixth, Darrell Waltrip, one lap off the pace after the engine started a misfire in his junior Johnson Mountain Dew Buick. Seventh, good run for Buddy Arrington, the fifth fastest qualifier in his Chrysler Imperial today. Finishing up in the eighth spot would be the Dave Marcus Auto, rather Neil Bonnet in the eighth spot after brushing the wall and having to stop and change tires unexpectedly and finishing ninth was Dave Marcus. Before we go to victory lane, let's pull our MRN broadcast crew on the peak coolest move of the race award, Eli Gold. I'd like to stay away from the race winner, but uh, Bobby Allison on crew pulled off two good moves today. An early quick pit stop early in the race who was very important at that time. And of course, stopping when he did to take on the four tires later in the race, that proves out more than likely is the move that won it for him. So I'll go with Bobby Allison. Let's go to turn four and Dave to Spain. Well, Eli, I agree with you 100%, but I don't like to play follow the leader. For let, Let's go for Benny Parsons because he came here, he spun a brand-new car on, what, the fourth lap of the race, came back and was in that battle for fourth and fifth spot right down to the wire. Benny Parsons deserves a call from here. I'll have to go along with Benny Parsons because he didn't lose his cool spinning out early in the race. He could have lost a lap up there really easy, but he, he didn't. He got back on the racetrack, came back out. When the caution came out, went around, came in, and made up what deficit he had lost in that spin. And he drove an ex exceptionally good race here today, I think. I'll go with Parsons myself. I was thinking of a vote for Buddy Arrington, not only for qualifying fifth for this race, but at one point we were showing him as being a lap off the pace. And what he apparently did was stay out and not pit on one of the cautions and got, that, got back on the same lap with the leader. And he finished just a lap down and posted a fine seventh-place finish. But from what Benny Parsons has overcome over the last two months of the season after losing one ride getting into a short-term situation and being able to put this together. And, you know, a lot of fellows after that first lap and spinning the car out on lap number one of the race would just about be headed for home. And Benny brought it back for a fine fifth-place finish. And I'll concur and will award that $250 from Peak Antifreeze and Coolant to Benny Parsons. And let's go to Victory Lane, where a gentleman's about to earn a lot more of the $250. That's Bobby Allison, and he's with Ned. And he's getting cool off with a drink of Gatorade here in Victory Lane and a big smile on his face. Congratulations, Bobby. Thank you, Ned. Uh, a real thrill and a real pleasure with these guys that uh, have worked so hard uh, all year for me, the, the Die Guard Racing Team, uh, all the people involved, and, uh, of course, Gatorade has uh, been a great deal for me. Well, you saw that uh, red and blue uh, Buick or Pontiac it is moving up behind you there at the end. Your thoughts on that? Well, I, I knew that was old Big Blue coming, and, uh, of course, everybody that's been around racing for the last 75 or 80 years knows how tough he is, and... Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, the guy's a tremendous competitor as well as uh, a tremendous human being, as, as we all know in the sport. And I knew that if he uh, got the least little bit of a chance, he'd try to uh, put a win on me. Bobby, you had to make that last pit stop earlier than you meant to originally, but it maybe worked out to your advantage because you were able to go back out on the four tires and pull away there. Well, that did separate us, Ned, and uh, it, um, I think, really helped me uh, because... I could run really good by myself, and of course, uh, when Richard followed me, he could draft on me and run faster than he could run out in the open earlier. 
we had uh, run over something or something, had a problem with the tire uh, a little early, and uh, stopped and got four more of them good old Goodyears thrown on there, and away we went, and everything worked out. Well, this has to be doubly sweet here today because you move into the Winston Cup point lead. Well, that point, that point deal is a tough deal, Ned. Uh, you know, if y'all would just uh, tell me about it after about eight or ten more races, you know, just tell me I was way out front then, I think it'd be a little bit better. But, it, no, it's a great battle, and Terry had bad luck today, and uh, I feel for him uh, because he's a great competitor. He's a tremendous youngster with a great future in front of him, and uh, really, he's raced hard this year. He's got a lot of heat because uh, he's leading and, and hadn't won, but, boy, he's been right there. He's had a lot of opportunities that he could have. Well, he certainly has, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Bristol next week. Yeah, Ned, we'll have to go try to get our short track stuff running as good as our big track cars do. Well, his wife Judy standing here beside him with a big smile on her face, and uh, you're just as happy as he is. I sure am, Ned. Thanks. you got the whole family, up, or, well, not the whole family, but several of the kids are here with you today, and that's a tradition with the Allison family. Yeah, uh, this time we only have Carrie with us, and uh, the rest of them are on their own and away from home. Well, I know that they're happy to hear that you're in Victor Lane here at Michigan. We'll be back with the finish and with our STP World Racing scoreboard in just a moment. From Michigan International Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. The assembled press for the champion Sparkplug 400 have voted the Goodies Headache Award to Bill Elliott, the young Dawsonville, Georgia driver who sat on the pole for this race, had high hopes of a good finish, and on the 20th lap found himself in the wall on the backstretch when he, Al LaQuasto, Ricky Rudd and Kyle Petty all tangled. They did keep that car running after many trips to the garage area to keep in the running of the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship. However, that car did win the Goodies Headache Award, $250 from the folks that make, or rather $300 from the folks that make Goodies Headache Powders and Goodies Extra Strength Tablets. Also, Darrell Waltrip's Junior Johnson Mountain Dew crew beat Bobby Allison's Gatorade crew by 23.49 seconds to win the Ingersoll Rand Proto Pit Crew Championship this fifth of the eight-round series. Buddy Arrington's team finished third, 51 seconds behind. Let's go back to Ned and Victory Lane. Well, two very happy people here. In fact, three are standing right here beside me. Bill Gardner, who is the chairman of the board at Diegard, the operating company that uh, owns this car number 88, the Gatorade uh, Buick that is in Victory Lane here, and Gary Nelson, the team manager and crew chief, and Jim Gardner, who is the president of Diegard. First, we'll get to Bill Gardner. Congratulations on a good run. Thank you, Ned. It was really exciting. You've had an exciting year. Boy, we sure have. Well, we're we're going for the championship, and Bobby's a super driver, and a lot of credit has to go to Gary Nelson and, and Yates and the rest of the crew for, for their work for it because the car performed fantastic today. Well, it certainly did. And, Gary, did you have to turn any screws on the car after you started today? Well, we made one chassis adjustment about uh, the second pit stop, very minor. And then we just uh, – the big the big thing on uh, during the whole race was the tire strategy timing it perfectly. Bobby uh, had a four-second lead on Richard with about, uh, I think it was about 50 laps to go, and I told Bobby to run easy, but not run easy enough to where, you know, just enough to have enough tire left to race him at the end. Bobby timed it perfectly. Petty caught him on the last lap. We had enough tires to finish. Gary, I mentioned to Bobby during our interview with him that maybe you, you stopped a little bit earlier. You had to because that left front tire was going down, but that could have worked to your advantage. Well, because you were able to get out and run faster for about 10 or 15 laps because of having on fresh tires and break away. Right, but that's that 10 or 15 laps that we ran faster came back to us at the end of the stop. That's where Petty had 10 laps newer tires on for the, you know, for the finish. 
Well, you certainly had her prepared well here today. And Bobby mentioned uh, getting your short track thing together. You really haven't run that well on the short tracks this year. Yes, that's been our biggest concern. Uh, we haven't uh, dominated short track racing like we dominated on the big tracks. The uh, We've done a lot of testing in the last couple of weeks and tried a lot of new ideas. I think we're going to have some surprises for a lot of people at Bristol next week. Well, we'll look forward to that. Congratulations again, Gary Nelson. Thank you, Ned. And Jim Gardner has moved over into the pictures. <laughs> Bobby Allison, of course, the winner here at Michigan this afternoon. Richard Petty finishing second in the Thriller, about three-quarters of a car length between those two as they came across the start-finish line. Harry Gant ran third. Fourth was Jeff Bodine. Fifth position going to Benny Parsons, a good run for him. Sixth was Buddy Arrington as he just keeps getting those top ten finishes and hanging right up there in the Winston Cup points. Seventh position went to Darrell Waltrip. In eighth spot was Ron Bouchard. From there back, it would have been Jimmy Means. And in tenth position, they're showing Lake Speed. Dean Combs and Kyle Petty shows up in 15th spot. 16th position going to J.D. McDuffie. 17th would have been Kyle Petty. In 18th position, Joe Boer finishing 19th. Charlie Baker, the truck driver, finishing in 20th spot would have been Tommy Gale, 21st. Terry Labonte, 22nd, showing as James Hilton, 23rd position, going to Tim Richmond. 24th spot to Tony Bettenhausen. 25th this afternoon was Buddy Baker. 26th, Jody Ridley. 27th, they're indicating that Bill Elliott came home there. Not a bad run after all the trouble he had today. In 28th position would have been Cale Yarborough. 29th would have been David Simcoe. 30th spot belonging to Dale Earnhardt, who had more than his share of problems here today in the Wrangler car. 31st, David Pearson. 32nd, Morgan Shepard. 33rd would have been Mark Martin. 34th position to H.B. Bailey. 35th would have been Al Laquasto. In 36th position, Earl Canavan. And 37th would have been the uh, car of Joe Rutman. And we've lost a driver somewhere, so I can't really figure out who it is. Mark Ronnie, Ronnie Thomas. Ronnie Thomas. Give, give him that 17th position. All right. Starting the, his, it's his own car. It's been posted as number 42, trying to keep the 42 high in the owner's points for the Petties, while Kyle just drives his own car on the short tracks. We'll re-explain all that for you at Bristol next Saturday night, where we go for the Bush 500. In the chase for the Winston Cup, Bobby Allison goes into the point lead with his victory today in the champion spark plug 400. It'll be Darrell Waltrip and Terry Labonte tooth and nail for the second spot. Fine finish for Buddy Arrington. He'll hold on to the fourth position. Harry Gant gets the chance to move up on Dale Earnhardt for fifth, head of Dave Marcus, Richard Petty, Ron Bouchard, and Morgan Shepard. Well, next Saturday night, we head for Bristol International Raceway in the running of the Bush 500 Super Racetrack, the high banks, 36 degrees, and the half-mile speedway. One driver who's really looking forward to Bristol is Darrell Waltrip. Three in a row there, and gee whiz, if we could just be lucky enough to win the fourth one, that would be great. Uh, we've been on the pole three times and won three races there. That, I guess, is odds against you, really. Uh, a lot of people say it's odds in your favor, but how long can a streak like that continue where you sit on the pole and win the race? Hopefully one more race anyway, because we're definitely in a position where we need to go there, run well, and we need to win if we're going to make up that deficit in the points. Barney, that Bristol Raceway puts on some of the greatest short track racing anywhere in the country, let alone on the Winston Cup circuit. Well, as Darrell said, when they cut the lights on up there on Saturday night and the look up on those banks and 
the new grandstand seating and see about 30,000 people crammed in there in that half-mile speedway where they turn the track at about 114, 15 miles an hour. It is really a show because things happen in a hurry there. The drivers don't particularly like that racetrack, but for the race fans, it's one of the best on the circuit. It's quite a bit of action packed in that bowl. And that's coming up this Saturday night, August 28th, Bristol International Raceway, the Bush 500, 5,000 new tower seats, the best seats in the house. You might still be able to get one if you act fast tomorrow morning and call them up and reserve yours. Two weeks from tomorrow, Monday, Labor Day, it's the Southern 500, the 33rd annual running at the Darlington International Raceway, the granddaddy of all the super speedways. And that is a race, again, that all the fans look forward to. And when you win that one, you have really worked your heart out, as any driver on this circuit will tell, I'll tell you. tell you who's going down there to try and win that race from just the conversations I have spent a lot of time with him here this weekend is David Pearson. He really thinks he can go to Darlington and do it again. And if he can get his stuff together, I think he can do it, too. That doesn't surprise me, because if anybody's mastered that track over the years, it would have to be Pearson as much as Richard Petty has Daytona. Well, the fans will sure be pulling for him because it's been a while since he's been in victory lane. But I think the competitive fire is still inside David Pearson, maybe more so than it was a year ago. I think he kind of, when he fell away from the sport there for about a year or so, he kind of told himself, you know, well, I can do without it. But he told me this weekend in the garage area, he said he's glad to be back knocking heads with these guys. Well, whether it's Bristol this coming Saturday night or Darlington on Labor Day or Richmond after that or Dover or Martinsville or Wilkesboro, Charlotte, Rockingham, Atlanta, or Riverside, make your plans to get to your next Winston Cup race and see what we're talking about because it truly is the most competitive auto racing in the world. Our thanks to Eli Gold, who covered turns one and two, Dave Despain at the north end of the Speedway, and two-time Winston Cup champion Ned Jarrett on pit road, Gail Connor and Jim Work on the scoring loop, our director John McMullen and chief engineer Harry Howard. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Bobby Allison on his champion spark plug 400 victory. From Michigan International Speedway in Brooklyn, Michigan, this has been MRN, the Motor Racing Network, with coverage of the Champion Spark Plug 400 NASCAR Winston Cup Series event. The Champion Spark Plug 400 has been brought to you by the STP Corporation. Around the track, around the world, depend on STP, proven performance. By Bush Beer. Don't just reach for a beer, head for the mountains of Bush. By Pontiac. Now the excitement really begins with Pontiac Sporty, fun to drive 82 Grand Prix. By Wrangler, maker of jeans and sportswear for tough customers like Dale Earnhardt and you. By Stokely Van Camp, makers of Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By Skull Smokeless Tobacco, tobacco you enjoy without lighting up. Try Skull, a pinch is all it takes. By Goodies Headache Powders and New Goodies Extra Strength Tablets because goodies cost less. By Piedmont Airlines, call your travel agent or Piedmont. In over 80 cities, they call Piedmont the up-and-coming airline. By Ocean's Eleven Resorts, make Daytona Beach your next vacation destination, toll-free, 1-800-874-7420. By Chevrolet Trucks and Vans, nobody trucks like Chevrolet. And by Ingersoll Rand, Air and Electric Tools and Proto Hand Tools. The executive producer of MRN is Mike Joy. Chief Engineer, Harry Howard. Director of Affiliates, John McMullen. Assistant, Bobby Cantor. All personnel are employees that were paid by Motor Racing Network. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the Bush 500 this Saturday night at Bristol International Raceway. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.